Blessings in Jesus, dear friends. Wonderful to be with you as always. Good to see you, Jacob, and hope you're doing well and getting getting better. Yes, well, back from India, back in my normal groove, whatever that means. Looking forward to coming to the United States next month. Um, oh, yeah, it's already well, December. Yeah. Yes, that's right. We got a couple of a couple of episodes here at the end of the year and then yes. uh, 2023. So it's over. Uh, that went fast. Uh, thank you, Jacob. And of course, we have a special guest from New Zealand, our brother Pierre Mosley. How you doing, Pierre? Hey, Marco. Thank you. Yeah, uh, just wonderful to be here and uh, really great shout out to everyone. Um, nice to be able to come and share a little bit about New Zealand and what we're doing here with Morial as well. Hey, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you since November, but uh, a short time, and uh, I'm glad you made it back to, uh, to uh, well, yeah, it's the first time catching up, as you say. I'm glad you made it to catching up because we've been wanting to have you. I know you've been a little bit ill, uh, but so glad that you're here with us. Uh, thank you for that, Marco. It's really Amen. good to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Pierre. And, of course, down to not too far from here, it is Jay. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing well. Good to see you guys. Uh, looking forward to this catching up. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And then, uh, of course, Davey, not too far from Pierre. Davey, you're across the, uh, well, what would be the body of water in between Australia and New Zealand? What would we call Tasman that? Sea, Tasmanian Sea. Tasman Sea. The Tasman Sea. Oh, well, is it really? I, I think it's called something else, but nonetheless. Um, what do you call it, Pierre? I'm thinking um, <laughs> we normally just talk about across the pond. Across the pond. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not a far, it's not a far drive. Well, it's a, it's a long ferry, but it might be a short flight. It's about a couple of hours or four hours from the nearest point. But Davey, how are you? Miles. Yeah, doing good. We're doing good here. Thanks. Praise the Lord. Jacob, you got anything, any announcements uh, need to be aware of? Anything's going on in your mind right now? Well, just about what's happening, um, of course, with the war in Israel. Our ongoing um, efforts to help believing soldiers at, at serving in combat units particularly has been very much blessed of the Lord. This war is going on longer than most people thought it would. Let me just explain why, and I'm speaking here as somebody who speaks to people who are very much connected with what's happening in the Israeli military. Um, as you know, the Biden administration has begun putting visa restrictions on Israelis who live in the West Bank, and has now, for the first time, embargoed um, light arms, M16 rifles, 20,000 have been impounded or being blocked from being sold to Israel. Um, again, Biden is playing two sides of the fence in all of this, as he always does. He'll do what he has to do politically because it's an election year coming up, but he's really no friend of Israel. Be that as it may, what we see happening is this. Not to bore people, but at the end of the Second World War, 1945, after the V2 attacks on London and after all the other things that happened, after the first concentration camps were liberated and people saw what the Nazis were doing, after these things happened, the British particularly were angry and they took vengeance over the destruction of Coventry and over the V2 attacks on London. The Royal Navy shelled Hamburg at close range. Hamburg, Germany, at close range, and the Royal Air Force and the American Army Air Force, as it was then, but the RAF, particularly someone called Bomber Harris, General or Air Marshal 
um, Arthur Harris, what they called him, Bomber Harris, Montgomery and Churchill, they just bombed Dresden, the last major industrial city still in somewhat tact in, 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 uh, in Germany. So they shelled Hamburg, the port, to nothing, and they bombed Dresden to nothing. And a lot of, a lot of German civilians were killed. Hitler was hiding in a tunnel, the Führer bunker in Berlin. And at the same time, the Soviets had Berlin surrounded, and they were just absolutely day and night pounding it with artillery at close range, day and night. So what the Soviets were doing, they were angry, what the Americans were doing, and above all, what the British were doing. It was just, they were killing a lot of German civilians. Well, Hitler and his, what was left of his crew were held up in tunnels. I don't blame the RAF or the British government or Churchill or Montgomery or Barma Harris for what they did. When Yodel, an admiral, German Admiral Yodel, um, <clears throat> came and under a flag of truce, as it were, to Montgomery and said, you're killing women and children. Montgomery said, there was a city named Coventry where you killed women and children. The men were all gone. We're killing Germans and we're going to keep on killing Germans until you surrender. Hitler was tied up, hiding in a bunker, in his bunker, pure bunker. That was the response of the British government. That was the response of the Russian Soviets. That was the response supported by Eisenhower and the Americans. That's what they did. And <clears throat> nobody said anything or had any qualms. If Israel were to take the same response that the British took or the Allies took against Hitler, you killed women and children, don't complain to us about killing yours. You can stop the killing of women and children tomorrow, just surrender. If the Israelis did what the British did and what the Americans did and what the Russians did, the war in Gaza would end the day after tomorrow. But because the Israelis are going to painstaking lengths to limit civilian casualties to the extent possible, while Hamas uses civilians as human shields, it's taking a long time. Additionally, there's the issue of the tunnels. Um, entrances under schools, under hospitals, etc. This thing is going to go on for some time. It has a tremendous impact on the country. Everybody's in the Milouim, and there's a continuing lurking threat in the north of Hezbollah. The country's under a lot of strain. But our first concern, of course, although we pray for Israel and we pray for the Arab victims, because these Arab people, civilians, particularly the children being killed, are also the victims of Hamas. That's right. We pray for both. But our first prayer is with the believers serving in the IDF, the Israeli military. Um, as you know, we've been sending everything from socks to footwear to first aid kits and, and, and financial help and a lot of other things to families. These guys are in the reserves. They've got families. They're not, they're not getting paid much money when you're in the reserves. Um, there's tremendous needs financially and practically for people in the Israeli military. But our concern is for the believers serving in the military. By the grace of God, we've raised a very substantial amount of money, but we're still raising the money. The cost is going to go on for a while. We just want to thank the Lord for his provision and thank those who've contributed.
it's meant a lot. When believers in the military, in, and in the, there's two kinds, is the um, milawim, is the reserves, and then is the keva, the standing military. When these believing soldiers are giving food pa packages and, 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 and footwear and first aid kits and socks and things like this, and saying, these are gifts from born-again Christians in the United States, in Canada, in Great Britain, in Australia, in New Zealand, who are praying for Israel and praying for you. <laughs> it means a lot. It really enhances the witness and testimony of the believers in the military to their comrades in arms. Israel sees the world's against them. The world is cursing them. The United Nothing is cursing them. The media is lying about them. And they see that there's these saved Christians praying for them and standing with them. It is a tremendous opportunity. It is not just about the practical and financial assistance. It is about the witness and testimony of believers um, to unsaved Israeli soldiers and their families. Um, it's really important. And God has been blessing us in this. And we wish to thank the Lord, first of all. But we wish to thank those who have contributed. Anybody who is so led of the Lord can go to the Moria website and just go to the missions page to Moriel Israel and just put a note, designate it for soldiers, or send the check and put an S on the back of the check, just put an S. We'll know what it's for. We promise you every single penny will go exactly where it's meant to go. Um, we're well, we're approaching, well, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't say publicly, but it's, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. We, we've been able to help tremendously by God's grace, and we want to help even more. So thank you so much, but above all, we covet your prayers. Please pray for Israel, pray for the Arab children who are being used as human shields by the Muslims, and pray for the believers serving in the Israeli military. Most of them are what is known as Kravi. They volunteer for combat brigades, so most of them are Kravi. Please pray for them. Thank you, Jacob. And uh, much prayer, much needed prayer, and of course, practical help. Both things are encouraged in Scripture, especially in regards to um, helping uh, helping the believers in persecuted countries. And 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 certainly, Israel has been uh, believers in Israel are definitely persecuted from all sides, from all sides. And uh, so we thank the Lord for what the Jacob just said and, and more help. Uh, I want to thank all those who are watching live and those who are watching later because we're live streaming now from different on different uh, platforms, including YouTube and Facebook and Rumble and Morial TV. And uh, did Vimeo get straightened out, Jay? Is that that one okay? Um, I'll, let me see if I can restart that one right now. Okay, yeah, if you can, I know we've been having trouble with Vimeo, but that's on their end. So um, just wanted to let everybody know on Telegram, Morial.tv, MorialTV.org. Just want to thank everybody for joining us and so blessed to have you here and so blessed to have all these brothers here and want to make sure uh, that we cover a lot of things because it's it's quite a bit of stuff that we got today and uh, you don't want to miss our portion on New Zealand, which is going to be uh, given to us by our brother Pierre and not only our trip there, and Pierre, I miss you so much already. Uh, we spent some time there, albeit kind of quick. It was sort of a uh, in and out, uh, and, and hoping to uh, see you again and spend more time there. Uh, but it was such a wonderful opportunity there. So you don't want to miss what Pierre has to say. It's quite a bit of stuff that we're going to leave toward the end. So you got to hang in there with us while we go through these, these uh, um, specific topics. So, uh, gentlemen, let's catch up.
And uh, by the way, we welcome the comments of people are watching live. We welcome the comments and we love to answer them. Plus, at the end of the episode, we'll be taking questions for Jacob um, backstage. And uh, we'll let, you know, Pierre can uh, come in and answer those questions as well if you, if you would like to. So let's go into the, the topics at hand, Jacob. Let's catch up. Republicans promise to hold Hunter Biden accountable for contempt of Congress. Here in the States, the Congress just passed $886 billion dollars. Uh, worth of sweeping NDAA defense bill, which has a lot of, uh, you would say, a lot of stuff in there, excluding spy bills and warrantless spy surveillance, loopholes for the FBI. Uh, but let's let's talk about one at a time. Jacob, do you, are you holding your breath that the Republicans are going to hold Hunter Biden accountable and proceed with impeachment against uh, Joe Biden, his father? Again, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. You have a politically weaponized justice system being used against Trump or against anybody else they don't like. Okay, but when it comes to them, they're the victims. Um, the hypocrisy is just blatant. Uh, that goes without saying. Do I think it'll be pursued? I think that without a Republican Senate, it is not going to get very far if it gets to the Senate at all. The House may bring an indictment, but it would be narrow. Um, I don't think they actually need it to defeat Biden at the moment. The question is, can they get somebody else to replace Biden who will be more difficult to defeat? I'm not at all confident in the ability of the Republican Party to win the election. I think they're ahead, but I can't see how they can lose. I'm reminded of the colossal mess they made of the past midterm elections when everything was in their favor, when Biden was at a maximum lack of lack of popularity, and yet the Democrats made gains in the, in, in the Senate and only narrowly retook the House. I have no confidence in the Republican Party or its leadership, that includes Donald Trump, absolutely none. I don't think there's a lot of moral integrity among the Republicans. I am very disappointed in Mike Johnson very disappointed. That's he went along pushing his budget yeah. through. Nothing to cur to curb the deep state's war against the constitutional rights of citizens. Nothing to curb the deep state. Nothing really going to protect the border. Nothing. 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 I realize he was under pressure to want to help Israel and things like this and the situation yes. in Ukraine. And that, that, that the opposition controls the Senate and you have to horse trade in those kind of situations. I realize that. But I'm still disappointed. Um, they should have stood their ground, in my opinion. It was mm. McCarthy not st standing his ground that caused him to fall. That's right. Yeah. And I am disappointed in Mr. Johnson because he is he is a believer, but I'm disappointed. Although I do understand the fact that when the White House and the Senate are in the hands of the Democrats and the Supreme Court and the House are narrowly in the hands of Republicans, you're going to have a certain amount of horse trading that's going to have to go on to get what you need. You're going to have to give up things you want. I accept those political realities, but too much was given, and it was not enough of a quid quo pro situation. The FBI was not curtailed. The border was not protected. That's right. Those are the concerns. Yeah, let me let me give you some examples here, Jacob. It is to uh, extend or expand 
what they call FISA 702, which is the FBI, ex which exploits, the FBI exploits that on Americans. Uh, and they have done it over 200,000 times just in one year. They, they exploited this loophole in which is now is expanded because it is illegal. But yet under FISA Section 702, which is getting a lot of money now, it is going to be expanded. And um, this was done under Johnson. Johnson passed it along. Like you mentioned, it was a compromise to try to get money here, money there. But at the same time, I don't understand it because even crazy CNN highlighted that it easily sets up the government to exploit the law and conduct mass wireless spying. Uh, Absolutely. Which is so this Absolutely. is not only that, it was a corrupt FBI and a corrupt Justice Department, and it's corrupt. The political Gestapo of an FBI this is what we've got. That went with a forged dossier to FISA court, politically motivated against Donald Trump. They know open corruption. Open corruption. It may have caused Trump the election. Misuse of the FBI as a political police force, and now they're giving it more power? <laughs> it almost sounds laughable, but that's exactly what they did with a Congress that's supposed to be uh, the opposition party. You know, there's, if somebody described the Republican Party, including its so-called conservative caucus for the most part, as having been castrated, I would disagree. It was auto-emasculated. They, they, they've castrated themselves. These people are just a, a pathetic pack of losers. Now, mm. there's individuals I respect, perhaps like Ted Cruz and, and, and so forth and, 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 and so forth. There may be individuals. Um, but the, the, even the right wing of the Republican Party are, are wearing girls' underwear. You know, they... they, 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 they you know, they, they don't, they just don't have the guts. Yeah, they act like a bunch of Girl Scouts and, you know, and, 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 and in Congress, they don't do anything. That's all. That's all. They, yeah. They're wearing, they're wearing ladies' knickers. The, uh, one, one of the things they removed, Jacob, from the, from the bill, which was controlled basically by the Democratic Senate, was wanted to remove these things and they agreed to it. Uh, the GOP agreed to it. They remove uh, policy goals on transgender surgeries and abortions. Yes, yes. they removed it, and the and the, yes. and the and the GOP said nothing about it. Nothing, nothing. As I said, why why would they say anything when they've been emasculated themselves? Mm. Mm. It, what what the worrying part is is of course with the with the border with the open border. Now they're going to expedite a lot of these amnesty bills. They're going to expedite a lot of the illegal immigration will be expedited into citizenship, which was part of the deal that of uh, Durbin wanted. You know, Carter did that. Reagan did that. It's never worked, and it's never going to work. And they know it won't work. Yeah. This idea of the uniparty, it's, it's quite interesting. I was talking to Pierre earlier on, and Pierre, maybe you can comment a little bit more on this, because this is common and seemingly common now in, in Western democracies much more than before. It's, it's this idea that you have you know one side of the party, you have another side, well, one party against another party, and then you have some kind of middle ground, and they're supposed to counterbalance each other. But it sounds more like a unit party. Can you explain uh, what you're going through in, in New Zealand? Because you have a change of government. Arden is out. Uh, supposedly a new, better government is supposed to be in. But you also had some concerns within 
the party there or within the parties there because there's a coalition in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, essentially, what's happening is you're finding that the the main parties are becoming harder to sort of uh, distinguish between them because they, they have very similar principles and a lot of the woke um, issues fall for both. So in 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 you know, traditionally in New Zealand, we've had the Labour Party to the left and the National Party to the right. But most of these parties are becoming either centre-left, centre-right. Right. Um, and now with New Zealand's new coalition government, where um, because of the, the, the system they have here, um, it's resulted in three parties actually oh, forming man. a coalition to be able to, to govern. Um, you've got a center right, you've got a right, and then what's considered a much further right party having to come together to be able to govern. Um, and essentially, they did that so they could oust the, the Labour Party of Verdun. Um, and I think she, she saw that she wasn't going to make another um, three years, so she got out while she could. Um, and then essentially what's happened is you've got uh, the, the centre-right having to negotiate with these two parties around policies that they traditionally wouldn't stand for, um, but because they want to govern, they're willing to, to accept it. And the, the, the concern that I have is that you've got the person who is considered the most right out of them is the same person who played kingmaker in the Ardern government and yep. brought Ardern into power. So, you know, it's it's all about power. It's 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 just that reminder that we can't put our faith in in men. We cannot put our faith in politicians because all politicians are essentially corrupt. Um, mm. You know, our focus has to always be on Jesus. Isn't that the case? It always comes down to faith in our Lord and not in politicians. But I don't know how it is in New Zealand, but here in America, there's quite a bit of, uh, especially within Christian circles, that really promote the idea that you know we need to take our country back we need to get this back we need to get this back and they'll go along with and these are believers i'm not talking about you know just just despotic apostates these are believers who see the desperation they, they're in desperate mode and they see the country going down the wrong road and they align themselves with political parties in this case jacob mike johnson in this case other gop you know seemingly good guys and at the end, they're thoroughly disappointed, extremely disappointed uh, well, because they'll do something like this. Well, I always say the monumental letdown to anybody who was objective should have been Ronald Reagan. We buried Sandra Day O'Connor this week, a true daughter of hell, um, pro-abortion, after Ronald Reagan lied to Christian America, lied, saying he was pro-life. First thing he does is he appoints a pro-abortion woman judge to the Supreme Court. She wrote the decision, again, of the Supreme Court, ordering the Ten Commandments out of the Judicial Building in Alabama. That woman was an enemy of all that was godly, all that was, in any sense, Judeo-Christian in the American heritage. She was a wicked, wicked woman appointed by Ronald Reagan after he lied to Christian America. That was right, Reagan. That should have made a statement right there. Stop being so naive and listening to politicians. Mm. Now you have Donald Trump, who I voted for twice now, but I won't vote for again, with his gay and lesbian gala at Mar-a-Lago. And, and 
wanting later term abortions now. I mean, yet Christians think he's God's man. I wouldn't vote for him any more than I would vote for anyone else who promoted homosexuality and lesbianism in, in, in their home at a, at, at, at a public political event. Um, but Christians will do it. I think these people are very, very foolish, very unwise, and very undiscerning. We can pray for these people, but if you trust them, you're out of your mind. Now, again, I'm not saying there are not people who I have a higher view of, like Rand Paul and and like Ted Cruz. I'm not saying that. But I had a high view of 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 of, of Mike Johnson, and 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 he's compromised. I don't set my hope in anything but the return of Christ. Pierre is right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Jacob, you, you want to comment a little bit on Hunter Biden real quick before we move on? Uh, is I mean, are they even going to go after him? I mean, are they just going to? He's in contempt of Congress, which is not. Yeah, okay. Nothing. Eric Holder was in contempt of Congress and didn't do a day in jail. It's not like you have an objective legal system or criminal justice system. You have a political one. Um. Why was Eric Holder not locked up in handcuffs and dragged off to jail where he belongs for being in contempt of Congress? He'll never go to jail, most likely. He's probably going to go to hell, but he's not going to go to jail. Um, well, it's the same thing. I have very little hope, possibly as a political stunt that may happen if Donald Trump is reelected or something. I couldn't completely rule it out, but I don't think it's going to happen in the short term. The FBI is too corrupt too corrupt. The FBI is just something that has no ethical mandate to even exist anymore. Yeah, what a mess, isn't it? Because the, uh, I mean, they're, they're promising impeachment hearings against Biden, but I don't even think that's going to happen. Honestly, I, I I don't really think they're going to do anything because while it's blatantly obvious, it needs to be a lot of investigation and impeachment hearings, etc. Same thing they did to Trump. I don't think it's neither here nor there for them. When his son got paid all this money from China and he lied and said he never benefited from his son's business dealings with China or, or Ukraine, and it's proven he did it. It's proven that Biden, the president, lied and his son lied when it was proven. When it was proven that the deep state and people like Brennan and Clapper and these people signed a statement to protect his laptop and what was on it. Proven corruption, proven lies, proven unmistakable anybody else would be in deep deep muck but there's two standards yeah um, it, it just really does not matter that much holder didn't go to jail for being in contempt and either likely will hunter biden yeah no absolutely uh now the the fact that joe has been threatening direct war with russia jacob that's concerning nato announces today more plans to attack russia through ukraine and NATO announces major spending increase uh, because of the war. Now they're trying to hold on to some kind of some. I didn't even know what to call it. it, it it's it, Ukraine's been so devastated because of this war. Russia's been devastated, uh, but they just have more people than Ukraine. So Ukraine, obviously by attrition, is going to lose more people, and it's going to end up with less people. But why are they just so hell bent? On destroying Ukraine. I mean, if I was, I mean, even the Ukrainian, some of the Ukrainian parliaments are angry with Zelensky that he keeps going on. Now he's here in the States asking for more money, telling us to stop crying and give us more money uh, to the American people. This doesn't bode well, but the Republicans just don't even, don't even bother with it. No, look, 
The Ukraine is a corrupt country with a corrupt government. Biden was involved with the Biden crime family was involved with it. That's the mm. basis of the situation we have to understand. That's right. That's I don't right. believe these people like Colonel McGregor. I don't believe him. I, I just I, he's not worth listening to anymore. But it is true to say that while Russia has been damaged, Ukraine has been devastated. Mm. They maybe lost a half million people. A half that's million. That's their crazy. army is, is a joke. Their army is a joke. Now, how would I personally fund the war in Ukraine? Simple. I, I've said this. You have frozen Russian assets being frozen by the international community. Who controls London and Washington and New York? The Anglo-American access. I would simply take those impounded Russian funds and give them to the Ukrainians and say, now you can buy weapons from America and Britain to fight your war. I'd make Putin pay for it. Mm. I would make Putin pay for it. But you're dealing with corruption and you're dealing with Biden senility and stupidity. Yeah, no, you're American absolutely right. taxpayers should not be paying for this. The British taxpayers should not be paying for it. Putin should be paying for it. That's right. They just dole out more and more. And it, it is concerning because it doesn't seem to have an end. There's no off-ramp. There's no there off-ramp. Yeah. Now, while this is happening, and this is an interesting thing, the WHO has reared its ugly head again, Jacob and, and Pierre. And this is a pandemic treaty, the WHO pandemic treaty. Negotiation again started. Now, the UK government is refusing to reveal the names of those MPs who are negotiating on Britain's behalf. There, there's been people that have asked for the names of the MPs that want to, that are negotiating. The UK government doesn't want to do it. So now there's been organizations like Trust and Freedom, who is made up of Germans, Americans, British, New, you know, uh, from New Zealand, Australia, uh, especially Poland and Belgium, who are scientists, MPs, and other professors who are saying, we can't have this. We can't have the WHO rule our lives. And one of the major things they mention is through this pandemic treaty, the WHO pandemic treaty, you are going to have more surveillance. Look what happened to Ireland. It's a clear example yep. of what the WHO. So Jacob, we'll comment uh, with you and then we'll go to Pierre. There are three things corrupt governments, particularly when they act in league with each other and in league with mainstream and social media and the academic institutions, and when they act in league, um, with uh, international organizations. There's three things that they can always do to suspend normal democratic rights and get people to comply with things that would not be possible otherwise. There are three things. One is national security, something like September 11th. Right. Push scum machine, instead of deporting Muslims, who didn't have a U.S. citizenship, instead of canceling student visas, the Bush Republican scum machine continued the express visa programs for Saudi Arabians, even though most of the attackers were Saudi Arabians. Okay, no, instead, you put restrictions on American citizens. You don't profile Muslims like El Al does or Israel does. You make American citizens, somebody's grandmother, have to take her shoes off and stand in a long line rather than defend the Muslims who were responsible for what happened. You take it out on your own people and they'll do it because of national security. 
So the scum machine knows it can do that. The second thing the scum machine will use is a fear of a total economic collapse, a global depression. People yeah. were willing to give over things, even bailouts, not bailouts, bail-ins. <laughs> that's a new one. That's right. That's a new thing that they're going to do. That's the second thing. It control over the currency, to go to a digital currency that they can't control. And the third thing, of course, is some kind of a public health crisis, a bubonic mm. plague. <laughs> a bubonic yeah. plague that we've been saying repeatedly, the World Health Organization is a political organ. It is not a public health or scientific mm. They are simply using it the way Obama tried to use Obamacare. He wanted to use health care one-sixth of the of the national economy in the control of socialist government as a way of pushing the United States into a kind of Euro socialism. That's what Obamacare was about. It was not about health care. It was about pushing socialism and using health care to do it. Pretty well, much. The same thing on a macro scale. It's yep. this, remember, you're dealing with, with an idiocracy and you're dealing with a political scum machine. And the people who run it are political scum. They are godless, godless people. Mm. Why does the Constitution mean nothing to these people? Because the word of God doesn't. The word of God doesn't. Biden had transvestite tap dancers in the White House paid oh, by the American taxpayer entertaining this Christmas. But the scum machine was angry when Trump had a nativity scene. Yeah, uh, they did. They were angry at Jesus. Angry at Jesus, but bring in transvestite tap dancers and, and, and give the bill to the taxpayer. That is why I use the term scum. That is what they are. Mm. No, absolutely. David, you got anything on Australia? Because uh, boy, Andrews did a lot of <laughs> he did a lot of things in the, in Victoria. Yeah, actually, it just came out this week too. Um, it's been reported by. Not enough sources, but it has been reported by several sources. What Andrews basically did during the lockdowns and all the rest of it, he he employed an independent research company basically to profile people. Now, this is a step away from the Chinese oh, social credit system. Right. He basically categorized people into five different categories based on their compliance to the government orders with category, oh. category one being the ones who basically bowed over and kissed his feet, watched every single Sunday sermon and every daily briefing that he ever gave. Category five being um, the ones who were going to be demonized and you know pushed out of society if you happened to speak out or reject or didn't comply to any of his mandates. Oh, so uh, this is, uh, this really needs to you, really needs to be investigated more and this shouldn't be swept under the carpet but, but i bet it's going to be what mm. what he did was just unbelievable now andrew was a big who guy wasn't he big time yes yes yeah, yeah for sure well, yep well david i'm not going to ask you which category it was but i'm assuming it wasn't one but anyway we'll leave it there <laughs> <laughs> no, no it's kind of like i think just about everybody i know would have been in the category five. Oh, oh there's man. a that would have been you know in the category one that i know but i mean most people i know and relate to are, we would all would be um yeah category five 
Persona yeah. non grata, enemy of the state. I think I'd seen a movie like that. We'll talk about movies in a minute. But uh, Pierre, you, you, um, Arden was a big WHO lady. Uh, she's not there anymore. How, how does the new government feel about the WHO? I know that we talked a little bit about in the pre-meeting. Uh, there are some countries like Slovakia, uh, Davey mentioned Mexico, who are pushing back and says, no, we're not going to do this. Not many European ones. How how does New Zealand, what is the take on that? What, what's their take on, 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 on this WHO treaty? Um, well, firstly, I think you, you, you're 100% right. Adin was a huge fan of WHO. Um, and I have no doubt that if the previous government had still been in power um, when this was proposed, they they would have signed up to it with, with mm. a heartbeat. You know, it, it wouldn't have even been a thought. Um, the new government, however, because of this coalition, um, they've actually responded to say that because uh, there was the expectation that they would sign it by the 1st of December. They said that they, they wouldn't sign it, um, that they have to first do a test on how the, the public feels about it, what they call a national interest test. Mm. Um, and, you know, as a result of that, they won't, they won't sign anything until they've had a chance to evaluate it. Now, a lot of that um, sort of pushback is coming from the leader of the New Zealand First Party, who, as I mm. said earlier, was the kingmaker who sold us down the river the last time. Um, oh, <laughs> but he's the one now who's actually, oh. you know, standing there um, in defense of, of the Kiwis. So um, it, it, you can see why so often um, Christians will go and support some of these politicians because they'll find something that they stand for and that, you know, it, it resonates with the individuals who yeah. are casting their votes. Um, because this, I mean, this particular party was totally out of it prior to the election. It, there wasn't even a thought that they'd get into government because they need 5% to be able to get into government. Now, suddenly, you know, he's, he's a deputy prime minister for um, six months of the year. Um, and he's able to 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 negotiate on on the public's behalf like this. So in a way, it's good for for New Zealand. Um, but right. you know, how long before he, he he switches and he goes the other way again? Oh. Because you know, for him, it's just about power. So you know, for for this particular um, uh, change that the the who's trying to implement, it's good that the New Zealand government has pushed back, but. You know, are they going to review it? Um, it doesn't necessarily say that they won't sign up for it. Um, we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, yeah, at least we're not like one of those countries who have just signed up for this straight away and, and finding ourselves under the control of the WHO. Yeah, blindly. Just, uh, you know, I think here in the States, uh, Biden said without even reviewing it. Yeah, we're in. Uh, Trudeau said we're in. And I don't know, Albanese said is in. I don't know, David, I haven't heard much about that, but maybe you can <laughs> shed some light on He's that. He's too busy on holidays. He's too busy on oh. holidays and selling Israel down the river, selling Israel out. So uh, he train. sold Israel down the river and he goes on vacation. Yeah. Oh, typical, typical, typical. Now, when we say the who, you know, we obviously have to connect it to the WEF, World Economic Forum. And, and, and the big thing that they're doing now doing it for three years, but the big thing that is, is being promoted now are cyber events, what they call catastrophic cyber events or catastrophic cyber attacks. 
Uh, now, three years ago, Schwab said, if you thought the lockdowns were bad, wait until you get cyber attacks. They said that in July of 2020. And uh, they, they'll deliver, you know, much powerful lockdowns. You know, there's going to be involved in the climate lockdowns. Now it's going to be cyber attack lockdowns. And uh, I'm assuming they're going to blame somebody uh, because that's that's the nature of it, uh, whether it's going to be Russia or China or something or maybe not China, but uh, Russia for sure. And, uh, and, and, and they're blaming me. Other perhaps groups that are against the government will be going down along with that. But this has very, been verified that the WF is, you know, having scenarios like cyber polygon that they did in 2021. Uh, but now, and this is the interesting thing. So we go from, this is what the, uh, an organization, a world organization is saying and, 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 and sort of predicting it and, and running scenarios to now movies. So I want to get into this, uh, this topic real quick, because I think it's really interesting. Apocalyptic movies is one of the highest uh, genres in movies today, whether it's Netflix or whether you go on movies, apocalyptic movies, sort of dystopian novels being remade into movies. Um, the world's going to end. The future of the world is, is going to look like this. America is going to look like that. And in a lot of ways, like Event 201, I think these are predictive programmings. Yes. Now, it's hard for me to be convinced out of it, but uh, I, I think they are. Now, there are some movies, and we'll, we'll kind of give it over to the to you guys to comment on it. Um, but before that, Popular Mechanics actually had written an article back in January this year, uh, which is basically, uh, this is the way they titled it, A Catastrophic Mutating Event Will Strike the World in Two Years, said the Popular Mechanics magazine. It's a report that they made. So more predictions in the media, more predictions online, and big budget films now. Well, let's talk about these big budget films. The first one is, of course, the one that, um, I don't know how big of a budget it was, Jay, so I can't say big budget film, but let's talk about that one that you and I talked about, the Obama one. Michelle Obama, executive producer, believe it or not, it's called Leave the World Behind. Leave now, Jake, the World I'm not Behind. Sure if you, yeah, I'm not sure if you're not going to stay up and watch it anytime soon. But it's it's an interesting movie about the collapse of America. Not worth watching per se. It, it's quite boring. I was told. Very slow moving, but it's interesting. Jay, give us the rundown. You watched the movie. I didn't. So give us the rundown on what the movie's about and your take on it. So I I was when I was asked to watch it, I watched it, and uh, I was ridiculed by my father for watching it because he he oh. got up halfway and said this is terrible. Um, the movie's <laughs> premise is basically uh, a film, like you said, uh, produced by the Obamas for the future, which the Obamas see, probably. Uh, it's about coordinated cyber attacks that causes um, the American militaries uh, to turn on its people. It, uh, it focuses on the two parents, uh, played by Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke, uh, basically having a privileged privileged life as they are vacationing in a Airbnb owned by the uh, black actor Mahershala Ali. And it basically breaks down that this attack happens, the world's falling apart, this man drives back to his country home and wants it, and the white people are, no, we rented it, it's ours until our terms up and there's this mistrust and almost all the way through this movie it's reinforced over and over again 
the the main character played by Mar- Mahershala is very pragmatic, very uh, reasonable, and takes the takes the calm lead, while the white uh, the white actors are all chaotic, um, undecisive, and always in a panic. Mm. And um, the daughter of the main character, Mahershala, is constantly telling, we can't trust these white people. We need we need to be wow. for ourselves. Wow. And the movie concludes and crescendos to the fact that one of the, the daughters of the white couple goes and finds the only thing that can make her actually calm down and be happy, and that is to get back and start watching movies. <laughs> She has so, to, to so so thus you have the the title of the the movie leave the world behind the little girl leaves the world behind because while the whole world is is descending into chaos and turmoil she finds a fallout shelter and she starts watching DVDs and the first time that girl smiles in the whole movie is when she turns on that last episode of Friends. Oh boy, it had to yep. be Friends. Now this is a. Uh, uh... It is about a cyber attack, right? That collapses. Correct. It's America. the the cyber attack collapses America, causes like oil tankers to run aground, causes planes to fall out of the sky, and that mm. begins. And then on top of that, there is like um, outside enemies that are trying to confuse who's attacking them with the cyber attack. One one person says it's the Koreans. One person says it's uh, Islamic fundamentalists. So it's there. You you don't know because these drones are throwing propaganda notes saying you will fall from these mm. two countries. You know, yeah. can you imagine what would happen if Melania Trump produced a movie that stereotyped black people and that said you can't trust blacks? Huh? The uproar that would happen. The tools. Oh. It's it's sort of like what would happen if Donald Trump went to an all-white church that had David Duke as an invited speaker while Donald, while uh, Barack Obama and his wife gave $500 a week to a church with Jeremiah Wright, who preached from the pulpit, God damn America. That was Barack Obama's version of Christianity, God damn America. That was his literal words. And they had Louis Farrakhan, a racist anti-Semite, as an invited speaker. One standard for Obama, another standard for people who are on the opposite end of the political spectrum. There's always two standards with these people. Always. You see this in the mainstream media with these these nefarious figures like Lawrence O'Donnell and 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 John Scarborough and then Scarborough and then and, and Chuck Todd. There's always two standards with these people. Always. Those 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 terrible witches that witches coven called the view. You always see they have two different standards. God only has one, and unjust balance is an abomination to the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Catastrophic cyber attacks. It seems to be a you know sort of a uh, a new trend within Hollywood because you also have that other movie that's coming out. Uh, it's called Civil War. Yes, uh, this is more of an interesting thing because now you're talking about 
a collapse of America, not necessarily a cyber attack. I didn't see that in the trailers. It comes out in April, I believe. Uh, but it's it's set in this dystopian future where the, the 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 19 states have seceded. They're all making their own coalition of states. The, the, the Republic is torn to pieces. You got shootings against American citizens, open warfare against American citizens, uh, planes shooting at American citizens, bombing them. Uh, this is this is quite interesting for an election year. And yeah. I'm just looking ahead to next year and thinking, what kind of a what kind of a world are they trying to pre-program and predict right. as people watch these mindless films and one and, and they're gonna completely act on it if something is if something does happen. They're going to completely act on it. So uh, I'll leave it up to you guys to think. What about Civil War? We watched the trailer. Quite a weird movie for an election year, isn't it? I mean, well, it's, you know, yeah, go ahead. But I, was, I was just to say, I think it's, uh, you know, it's we look at who are the paymasters of of the politicians today. They're, 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 they're foreign countries like China. Every time we fund something in our government we're borrowing from china yes hollywood has been infiltrated by international money for years that there's the dirty little secret that everybody knows these are the wishes and the dreams of all the enemies of the united states these movies that are coming out now and these movies are specifically targeted to be predictive if you look at for example in 1977, Star Wars came out. Right. It wasn't until 84 that you had Ronald Reagan funding SDI, Star Wars Defense. And Star by Wars 2023, Defense. we have do weapons, direct energy weapons. So right. it's predictive. It always follows that line. Yes. And here we are now. It's predictive. Cyber attacks. It's civil war authoritarian figure that needs to be dragged out of the what. I mean, the scene in the trailer is the president is being pulled out of the Oval Office from hiding underneath the Resolute desk. Who do you think they're trying to mimic in that? <laughs> Let's yeah. just say the president wasn't a black guy. On, I don't uh, think it was Joe uh, Biden. Yeah. No, no. no. It, it's very specific who they targeted in that. Yeah. And it's just in time to sway the election. At least the people who will go and see this trash. Hmm. It, it's definitely polarizing, and it's definitely well. It's already a society that's polarized, and we yes. talked about it here that we yep. fear a, a, a civil war. Maybe to, not to the degree that the film talked about, but it's already a broken, fracture system, a broken, fracture country, a broken, fracture uh, individuals that is very difficult to reconcile at this point. Uh, but out of chaos, right, is what they want. Out of chaos comes what. Out of chaos comes this this yeah. incredible new beginning that they want to have. Turn, you know, leave the world behind. America yes. will just become this this new world order type country, and uh, and this is what they want. Are they going to succeed? Well, only God knows. Only God it's knows. Like the, it's like the yeah. Nazi propaganda films, basically. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah. yeah, exactly. Or 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 the, the Soviet, the Russian propaganda films were the same. Oh yeah, but very yeah. much the same. Very yeah. much the same. You know, oh, Biden's wife produces that stupid film on the cyber attack. Yeah. It was, it was Obama who gave control of the internet to the UN, taking away from the American citizens who owned it. And, yeah. and it's, 
you cause a problem and then and, and then you make yourself the victim of it. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. I, to, I talked about that moron last week, a, a left-wing moron, who, I think he was Afro-American, who, who was saying the Republican Party wants to reverse the outcome of the Civil War. <laughs> Too stupid to know that Lincoln was a Republican and it was the Democrats who were pro-slavery. Too stupid. But there's so many people who will vote for him not realizing, too stupid themselves to realizing he's speaking rubbish. Yeah, he's Hollywood preys on on the stupidity of the public. Hollywood yeah. very much preys on the stupidity of the public. I'm convinced. Yeah, it's a shame because it it was not like that. Just 20, 30, 20 or thirty years ago, it was not like that. This is yeah. this is a the, I think this is a new Hollywood we're seeing, which is lockstep. Uh, kind of like you're saying, it's a it's a it's a propaganda piece of of oh, yeah. whatever the DNC says. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's the fifth column. I would call the fifth column yeah. in terms of what they want to do. Media, movie, entertainment. It is it's pretty much lockstep and barrel with the uh with, with the current agenda. Uh what about the third movie uh that uh we talked about or or in our in our pre-meeting? It's called God and Country. This is a more sinister you would say in a sense of this is for believers. Now watch this. It was produced by a left-wing group with some believers, we'll just put it that way, who are currently drifting more and more left. We'll just leave it there. Uh, in this movie, it's about Christians who have taken the stand against the current left Marxist group. That It's in the White House and in America. And uh, these, these Christians who are siding with the right-wing politics are basically in for power and they're just like Nazis. They want this country back. They're going to fight back. They're going to take it. You know, they're going to push everything that's that's uh, against them away. And they are going to take over this country. And so this movie, it's about warning, warning to everybody. So it's going to come out on theaters. It's going to come out on theaters that Christians are just basically right-wing Nazis. And that they all they want is power. Now, in this movie, it's quite interesting. It is produced by left-wing group, of course uniting with some weird kind of christianity that it's it's emerging quite quite rapidly i would say and you guys can talk more about it but i'll give you some of the people in it russell moore uh who was a professor i think he's still kind of in charge of ethics and religions with the southern baptist uh but wasn't sure about that but he's certainly a professor at one of their seminaries part of the largest seminary they have and he's gone although he says he's conservative he's gone more and more to the left he's drifting more and more to the left for sure, he was put in place there by Al Mohler, giving him a platform. Uh, Phil Visser, the creator of VeggieTales, David French, and also alongside with people that we wouldn't say that they're maybe not even Christians, like uh, the, the writer of, uh, the author of John Wayne, Jesus and John Wayne, uh, which is a weird book. It's about how evangelicals, white evangelicals, corrupted a faith and fractured a nation. That's the subtitle. Kristen Cove's uh, uh, Dooms is her name. Uh, many other left-wing uh, so-called Christians in this in this film are promoting this idea that Christians, white Christians, have hijacked the faith. It was never a, Christ, a white Christian faith, but these people have hijacked it, and now we fracture the nation, and it's become so terrible that we have to fight back against these these terrible Christians who don't represent Christ. They say 
because Christ wasn't about, you know, politics and this and that. Christ was about social justice. Christ is about helping. Christ was about tolerance. And so they paint this picture that Christians who support or are in line with these group like this are basically not to be tolerated and we and, and and they cannot take our country back. So again, a very big division being promoted, and especially against we would say white Christians, but the the underlying idea is biblical Christianity. If you are a biblical Christian, you are white and you are fracturing this nation. So uh Jacob, we'll start with you. Well, what's his name? Vordy Volcom and these people, they're black conservative Christians. Um, so they're not telling the truth, but then again, they never do. Oh, Volcom. Yeah, <laughs> it makes right. sense that you have uh, Russell Moore, professor of 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 ethics for the Southern Baptists. It makes perfect sense because the Southern Baptists don't have any more ethics. Um, so, so that 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 bit adds up. But he's um, gone so left, Jacob. This is the crazy thing. People think he's conservative. He's gone so left, and thanks to Al Mohler putting him up there, right? Yeah. But you know, it's like, why? Why go well, that far? No, you've seen the the I'm not saying the apostasy is political. The apostasy is spiritual, doctrinal, and moral. Mm. But when you go into that direction, you your political views will have to change into being tolerant of things the Word of God says are wrong. So mm. their change in political direction does not constitute their apostasy, but it is a result of it. Um, mm. they, they've departed from the teachings of Scripture and moral issues. Um, but not only that, they rewrite history. And there's people who are going to look to those movies for theology. Right. Looking to those Word of God for theology. Another factor is it is also a reaction, a reaction to that Christian film about human trafficking um, that the left didn't like. What was it? Mm. Sound of Freedom. Yeah, they didn't like that, so they're reacting to it. That is another factor. A a third factor in, in what they're doing is people know that there's a problem in the world. They know things are changing in a direction that they can't calculate. Even countries like Japan that have no Christian compass for anything. Um, are interested in apocalyptic theme, themes and things. Yeah, that's so there's, right. money, there's money to be made in it. Um, you can have a film with garbage theology, like uh, The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson, a complete garbage film based on a book by a Catholic mystic that was biblically, uh, historically inaccurate. But it made money. Another factor is um, th there's people who, who saw the Arnold Frucht, the, the Arnold, what's his name, Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, the ancient, what's it called, the end of days? The end of days, yeah. Instead of reading the book of Revelation, they will get their eschatology from the Schwarzenegger movie. Mm. Or, or films like The Omen, you know, they they they, they think the Antichrist is going to be what they saw in the film The Omen. They're, they're looking to... <laughs> but there's one final fact out, and I'd like James to comment, if he would, given his own professional background. I've said this before, but not in the last two years or so, or maybe even three years, certainly two years. There's the game called Hollywood has-beens. When somebody is no longer successful at the box office, and unless you're an A-list legend, one bad film, you're as, you're as good as your last film. 
unless you're an A-list legend, then you might get two or three, but that's it. Um, they turn to left-wing political causes. Bianca Jagger hasn't been married to Mick Jagger for 40 years, but she still calls herself Bianca Jagger and gets on these <laughs> left soapboxes because it's the only way she can keep her name in, in, in the media. Well, you'll see these people, like Loretta Swit is another one, has-beens from yesteryear. The only way they can keep themselves in the public eye is to jump on left-wing political causes. But now, because of what has happened with things like Netflix and other mediums, Hollywood itself is a has-been. <laughs> the same as the music industry went down the tubes because of internet, the, the record industry. It maybe have a small revival, but it's never going to be what it was. Okay, the same as the music industry, the recording industry is a has-been. Okay, the Hollywood is a has-been. So now Hollywood itself is jumping on a left-wing soapbox because the whole industry itself is a has-been medium. Um, Silicon Valley is now Hollywood. Hollywood's not Hollywood. Hollywood's making junk movies for lowest common denominator markets and for the Chinese market, things that can be easily translated into Mandarin, um, these stupid movies. Um, and, and then the Chinese are buying up these studios in, in Hollywood. Well, Sony bought Sony Pictures, but Chinese are buying these medium-sized studios so they can learn how to do Hollywood so they won't need Hollywood to make it. It's something living on borrowed time. The film industry is no longer Hollywood, so it needs a raison d'etre to continue to exist. And it's therefore playing this political left-wing political card because that's all it can do. It's just like Loretta Swit. It's just like um, a left-wing political has-been actor or actress. Uh, Jay, what do you think? You work in the industry. Be you, don't have, you don't have to go any further than look at Walt, the Walt Disney Studios to see how Jacob is correct. Walt Disney Studios used to be the most powerful uh, and wealthiest studio, I would say, in Hollywood. They, they bought IPs like Marvel, like Lucasfilms, like Pixar. These, these, these companies were ultra successful in providing people entertainment. Now, Disney is in huge financial trouble because what do they do? They've injected LGBTQ rights into their films, anti-family values, uh, the occultism that's what they push now and they push that at their own detriment and that's because there is there is the box office to be honest like you said jacob it's people don't go out to movies after covid there's a real problem with getting people back into theaters and that used to be the bread and butter of a lot of these studios it's all going to streaming it's all going to enjoying your home theater. And they, they're they trying to transition to it, but they had a massive failure. Disney had a massive failure with their Disney Plus service because, yeah. again, the content that they're creating is they're trying to get the most content out there, and they're politicizing it. They're politicizing it to what they think is the mainstream while ignoring the fact that there there is at best maybe two different worldviews within the mainstream 
they're catering to one and there is no one catering to the other on this that is in the hollywood system hmm. james and, can i ask you sure okay continue please continue then i want to ask you a question uh yeah i just yeah go ahead jay i was just gonna i was just gonna state if you look at the other studios um the ones that have avoided the culture wars uh as best they can are the ones that are doing the best hmm. interesting very interesting so I'm, and i do believe these movies are absolutely uh trying to get into the heart of people and their mind and uh to create this sort of chaotic world that they that, that they predict for them that they predict for them and uh people react to it of course they're very manipulated into this and it's just it's coming at, a, at a, just a very specific time that the world is in upheaval it's a dumpster fire people don't really trust anybody don't trust anything and uh it's become really difficult and i think movies like this and i think we talked about it earlier was they present especially god and country this idea and i think jay you brought it up it's 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 about you know what is a christian supposed to be like now well they're supposed to be pro-abortion pro-left pro-lgbt that's what a real christian is supposed to be like tolerant and social justice and a critical race theory that's that's who they really are and anybody outside that realm it's it's not a christian or an enemy they're they're apostate. To go, yeah according to yeah. them they're an apostate they they wrap themselves in this cloak of christianity's love and compassion while rejecting everything written in the actual bible that's right yeah. we've We've seen, um, we've seen, uh, look, uh, Christian fundamentalists being demonized before by Hollywood, and that one of the uh, probably main examples that comes to mind in recent years has been The Handmaid's Tale or something like yes. that. That yeah. was much, it was done to subtly paint all fundamentalist Christians as being these, you know. But um, what's worse about this is that it's actually an attack by Christians on other Christians. That just shows you the fruits rotten to the core. The yes. starters, kind yes. of like we've been given the ministry of reconcil reconciliation. We desire um, all, all to be saved, all to repent and come to um, salvation and faith in Christ. But it, it's we've never been. This is a this is a thing. God always gives us a choice. He doesn't force anyone to love Him. He doesn't. He's made a way for us to come into relationship with Him by you know providing His Son. Um, but he doesn't force any of us to um, into that relationship. He gives us choice. He gives us a choice to respond to his love. And uh, they try to paint, paint all who don't go along with the LGBTQ plus and um, whatever else that's out there that's totally contrary to the word of, word of God, totally contra contrary to the word of God. They try to play, portray anyone who is against them as being these ones who are trying to force you into this yeah. idea of nationalism, you know, a dominionist view of, which is totally wrong, you know. But this is this is how propaganda works. You have to demonize mm. demonize an enemy, and you manipulate through the emotions. You generate an emotional an emotional response. You and you lay the you basically laying the groundwork for people to generate a hatred towards a certain group of people this is um this is absolutely disgusting and absolutely horrifying i was actually shocked by the trailer um, yeah I was I mean, they even have that song god bless america at the end you know the little jingle at the end 
and yeah, see this. Yeah, they've got to include that, yeah. yeah. Got to, yeah. Look, this is all manipulative, all to get people to hate. Yeah, yeah, to clarify something that Davey said real quick about God and country, the foundation that's being led, laid is a reverse Salem witch trial. These people mm. do not meet the expectation of what it is to be a Christian. Therefore, yep. they must be burned at the stake. Correct. Absolutely. You're spot on, Jay. Yeah, it's the persecution. It's a persecution. Uh, I Pierre, what, say... Yeah, Pierre, what do you think? Yeah, sorry, I was go- I was just going to say, you know, in in this theme of of storytelling with these films, um, you know, you always need an antagonist, and this is the perfect opportunity for them to utilize the you know the, the true Christians as the antagonist. Um, you you from a an a person you know sitting outside of the U.S. I've been watching a generation been raised to hate their country mm. um i've never seen that with americans before um you know jay was mentioning you know 20 30 years ago the film industry was completely different and it was because you'd go you'd watch a film and it would be all about the patriotic um americans and you know that's always the way you i saw americans even when right. i went there um in the early 2000s um you know i just saw a lot of patriotism but now you're seeing so much anti-America coming mm. from within America. And all the, the social media that, that is constructed to to get the, the youngsters to actually hate the, their own country and what they represent. And then you introduce films like this, where you're now telling them there's an outlet um, for this hate, um, mm. you know, because this is the fault of, of those, those terrible Bible-believing Christians. So right. now you, you've introduced your antagonist and you're, again, you're now telling them that's where you can channel that hatred. And that's exactly what Davey was saying there as well, is that you know, now you can start targeting these people. And this, this is, you can see this is going to go one way and one way only um, because they're trying to, to direct where and how things will happen. And they're using the media to do that and you know the multimedia as well, which you know your films and ev- everything is telling them the same thing. Um, so your 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 end result is going to be people who hate America. They 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 want to wage war against their fellow Americans who don't feel or believe the same as them. And you know it's going to basically be target the Christians. So yes, it's 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 really quite sad to see what's happened there and, and how it's been um, sort of allowed to happen. But when you look at who's in charge, um, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Spiritual, the, the, the spiritual condition of America is quite, quite at a very dangerous level where now it's, um, you know, the, the prospect of persecution and you see movies like this yep. and it, it's very real. It's, it's a very real aspect yep. of which many will deny and many will, will not even admit that this is what's going on or they'll try to paint another picture of it. But, um, you know, books are coming out like white evangelicals corrupt in the Christian faith, movies like God and Country. I mean, it's on and on, like an onslaught. And eventually, you're right, Pierre, there has to be an outlet. There has yeah. to be an outlet, especially if things begin to go further down the road economically. 
you know, there's always a solution. You know, the, the lockdowns had a solution. The cyber attack is going to have a solution. It's going to the digital ID to get onto the internet. This division is going to have a, a solution. What's the solution? Well, get rid of those who don't line up with our current thinking. You know, the, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. And so this is the this is again the devil's playbook. Uh, but what is how does a Christian respond to that? I, I think that's one of the questions I, I want to I want to you know people on the chat today. You know, you can put it, put it on the chat. Let us know what you think about these films and what they're trying to do, what you think they're trying to do. But for us here, uh, what's the what's the believer's response, Jacob, to this? And and, and Jay and, and Peter? by all nations, for my name's sake, the world was in the power of the wicked one. Now we know we struggled not against flesh and blood. These people are controlled by Satan, and we know that they're going to hell. Most of them are not going to repent. Jesus told us to expect this. What captivates my attention so often and I, I and i well i only speak for myself i know a lot of christians see it this way is the speed at which it is happening mm. the momentum that is gained mm. I, we know it was going to come jesus said it was going to come um but it's come <laughs> and it's coming faster but it's here yeah I, I ask a question of james just very briefly yeah i think i know what he's going to say but I don't. I want him to speak for himself, James. There's there's, there's at least three culturally bubbles in, in the United States, which is the most influential country in the world at this time in history. The first bubble is Washington. What's inside the Capitol Beltway, also known as the swamp? Those people are out of touch with the rest of mainstream America. These are politicians, bureaucrats, lobbyists. And they're out of touch with the realities, the, the perspectives, even the needs of the people they're supposedly representing and governing. Inside the Capitol Beltway, it's a bubble where the people in it are out of touch with the rest of the country. The second is Wall Street. Wall Street is out of touch with Main Street. They, The people who run the international banks and the hedge fund managers, and to that I would add the futures markets in Chicago and things like that, but basically Wall Street is a bubble. They're out of touch economically with the rest of the United States, with the average person earning a living. That's the second bubble. Would you, I, I've noticed this in like, just if you go for dinner in Muzo and Frank's or in, I don't go there anymore because the the the, 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 the uh, Shaw, whatever he is, not the Shaw, the uh, Sultan of Brunei owns it, but um, the Polo Lounge, you go in there and you see these people. I've always had the impression that just like Washington is a bubble and Wall Street is a bubble, Hollywood is a bubble. The people who live on the north side of Sunset, up in Holmby Hills and Bel Air and Beverly <laughs> Hills and that, Hollywood Hills, they're out of contact with the rest of the world. They're in a bubble. They really think that that bubble where they exist is reality, oblivious to the fact that it's not the reality of people outside the bubble. Now, I know that's true about Washington, and many people have said it. I've certainly seen it in New York and in the city of London. It's a bubble. The mm. um, city of London is like the Wall Street of Britain and Europe. Would you agree it's true of Hollywood? It's a bubble? 150% it, it is a bubble. For a person that's living uh, in the Pacific Palisades, looking down at the coast, <laughs> looking down on all its little people. 
they they do not understand why we're complaining about five or six dollar gas prices. They don't understand mm. why we're complaining about, you know, they I'll put it to you this way. In California, there is a market called Irwan. And Irwan is where I would say the people in the bubble go to shop because a dozen mm. eggs is $24. A gallon Ooh, of milk hey. is hey. I'm 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 a hundred percent serious. This market is a hundred percent. You go there and everything you pay for is five times what you would get in say a Ralph's or a Vons. And it's it's yeah. meant for people that they drive. Unfortunately, now the, the car is the Tesla. It used to be the Prius. And in, in LA now it's switched over. You have to be driving either a Maserati or a Tesla. Actually, Tesla's lower end now. But yes. The people in the bubble, they don't even go to the market anymore. They just make sure that their assistant goes to Irwan to pick up their food. And they don't even look at the bill. They just pay it because they they have enough money. Mm. Um, I mean, you think about the real estate prices in, in Hollywood. For to live to live in Hollywood, you need to be a CEO of one of these studios to own your home yeah. in the gated community. It is an entirely out of touch with the people that they're entertaining. And uh, this comes from me actually having meetings and having to go to parties with some of these people. It's um, you have to I have to be quiet. I just have to listen. I've seen that having a cup of coffee on Rodeo Drive. I mean, imagine what it's like working in the industry and having to deal with those people professionally. I I I have a inkling of what it is to to deal with them. Very good. But, but uh, back back to the question about you know you guys, how does a Christian react to all this? I know we got a little sidetracked with that, but uh, what does a Christian react to? Just the polarization, the civil war, the the, the pre programming. Uh, I mean, is it is it time to just unplug from every kind of entertainment and say, you know what, forget it. They can have it. We shouldn't be in those things. Or do we take another approach and say, hey, find out what's going on, react to it, bring light into the situation. Different kinds of Christians have different kinds of responses. You know, some people tune out, drop out, forget it. Some people get into the, the melee and try to bring light to it. Uh, but what do you guys think? We have, we'll have probably different opinions about it, and, and they all have a different aspect of, of reality. But what do you guys think? The basic That's biblical it. principle is be in the world, but not of it. But that could be easier yep. said than done in the age in which we live. <laughs> I would say the yeah, best offense we have is to pray. Yes. We we can't shut our eyes and put our heads in the sand, but we can certainly pray against some of the things that are out there. But we need to be aware. I think we need to be aware of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe you need to bury your head in the sands. I think you do need to be aware of what's going on, but you don't want your mind to become a sewer either. You need to control what's going in. If you put bad stuff in, you're going to get bad stuff out. So um, it's kind of like I always think of the verse in Philippians, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is beautiful, etc. you know, just allowing everything that Hollywood and the media are pouring out going into your brain it's kind of like <laughs> yeah you're you're gonna get um you're gonna start adapting some of these uh work things and all the rest of it without you even realizing it 
because that's just the nature of it. You need that's why we're to be transformed by transformed by the renewing of our mind. What goes in is what's going to come out. You need that's why we get God's word into us too. Um, so it becomes part of us. Uh but um to counteract all, all this, Jane Jay is right. Prayer, prayer is a good thing. And also just live your life according to scripture. Live your be a faithful Christian, be faithful to the word. If you're faithful to the word, yeah, you've got a good relationship with the Lord, you've got a good relationship with other believers. Look, you're gonna do a lot to counteract the garbage that's going on around there. And also you're gonna to put to you're gonna help quelch some of the bad report that's going around about you. People were gonna know us by the way we uh treat one another, by you know, your love for one another. So it's important that that love is real, genuine, and and true. Biblical love, not this false, let's tolerate everything garbage that they try to pass off for love nowadays. But the thing is, our faith, our faith, our faithfulness has to be real. It has to be genuine. It has to be evident to those around us because we're not, that's the only way we're going to Im, impact the culture around us. People are going to look and see there's something different about that. Hopefully, it'll make it, make them hungry to want that too. Um, I, I'm sure, you know, we'll be talking about this a little bit later with the fellowship drive that we had, you know, just the fellowship, the richness of it. People are hungry. They're wanting more of it. It's kind of like uh, some of the email replies I've got, they, they were saying, you know, this was true fellowship. This was, I've never experienced anything like this before. That's what we need to be. And that's what we got to do to the world. Yeah. Most of them are hurt. They're, they're hungry. They desire Love, they desire connection, relationship. Um, you know, they've got to have that conviction of sin. They've got to let go of sin and all the rest of it. But they can have that. They can have that with their Lord and Savior. And they can have wonderful, beautiful relationships with other believers. It's awesome. And that's what that's what we've got to do. We've got to be the people God's called us to be. Yeah. And not... Uh... Build an underground church with the help of the Lord. Well, there's still time to do it. <laughs> That's right. Pierre, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I totally agree um, with what's been said there. And I think Davey's spot on. I think when it comes to fellowship, um, you know, what we've found with the fellowship drives is there are so many isolated Christians. People need to be getting together. People need that support. They need that encouragement from one another. They need to be spending time in the word. Um, I think, you know, there are, there are people who are uh, given the gift of discernment and they are able to to go through some of this material without being affected by it and then you know actually um, translate that into how, how do we combat that using God's word um, so it's yeah it's it's I think there's a role to be played you know by, by various people in and what their gifts are but um, I definitely think that the the main thing to do is to to continue to get together and encourage one another. And as Jacob says, build that underground church while while we still can, because we're going to need it. Um, you know, you can see how things can deteriorate so quickly. I mean, Jacob's right about the speed of this. Um, it's one thing that I think most people tend to agree on is that just how quickly. Yes. Everything has gone yes. downhill and devolved into what we've got at the moment. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, interesting. Yeah, go ahead, Jacob. I'll, I'll finish Sorry, with my point. Yeah, after what he was saying, would you agree that 
internet and social media, while at one time, because of its distance and its relatively small population, having more sheep than people and all that, a place like New Zealand was five years on back of America and Britain in terms of social trends. Now it's only six months on back of America and Britain. If it'll happen overnight. Yeah, I don't even think it's six months anymore. I yeah. think it's it, it's happening so quickly with the trends and that and how people pick up on things over here. Um, and it, it, you see it all the time. You know, you, you'll be reading about something that's happening in America and then next thing you'll see it's happening here as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the, the internet has played a really bad role in terms of that. What's yeah. going to happen, I'm telling you, I'm convinced of this, and I've said it a couple of times, and I know there's other people who are more expert saying the same thing in a different way. I think what we've seen until now, we haven't seen anything yet. Ten right. years from now, because of artificial intelligence, all the changes we've seen now and the momentum at which these things have progressed is nothing like what's coming with AI within the next 10 to 12 years. I really am convinced that's the case. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And we, we, we should talk about that on next episode because there's some things that I just reveal about what AI is going to do. So we'll, we'll do it for another time. But you're absolutely 100%. That's going to be the driving force of trends and, and social media and people's behavior. Uh, I did want to make one final point. I know we, we spent time on this uh, movie predictive programming and what believers uh, are supposed to do. But one thing that it, it always troubled me uh, with movies like Left Behind, which basically popularized, Hollywoodized the idea uh, of the rapture or end time stuff, uh, it really made the, the believer to think the escape was the best way to get, get out of this mess, right? the escape was to get out of this mess. And so it created this idea that we don't have to engage, we don't have to be Christians in our society, we don't have to have fellowship necessarily. Now, it wasn't the case for a lot of people like that, but it, it gave the impression and a lot of believers began to look for uh, the escape route as the, the solution to their problems. And they began to solo polarize themselves because the movie portrayed the, the, a certain end that, that, that we couldn't find in scripture, but it, it gave this a certain end to their problems. And so it fractured, polarized a lot of Christians. And so a lot of Christians just stopped meeting, stopped fellowship, stopped being salt yes. and light, stopped being uh, what they ought to have been doing, was foreign fellowships, even to what Jacob said, underground fellowship, because there was no need for that since we're, according to the movie, yeah. this is the way it was going to play out. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it did a lot of damage because it, it painted, like Jacob said earlier, people got their theology from the movie rather than from scripture. Or from a book, right? And so it created this, this what we see today, this polarization, this idea, like what, what Pierre was saying, I can't talk to you unless you have this theology. I can't share with you if you unless you share with what I saw in a movie or in a book. And uh, it's crazy. It's already done. It's it's already been done within the Christian circle. Now it's being done in a massive scale. And, yes. and I think we're ready. For, we need to be ready for to counteract these things because it's like. Where did you get this stuff? Where did you, you know, I saw it in a movie. Well, that's not real. It wasn't, in, in a lot of ways, I didn't like that the movies were made about, you know, rapture and stuff like that because it made it fictional. It, it created this idea that it was a fictional story when in reality, there is a removal of God's people in the resurrection. So anyway, uh, I did want to finish with a series of things before we get into backstage and, and those who are watching and those who are live with us, we thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we got exciting stuff we've been talking about for more than an hour already with Pierre and Davey and Jacob and Jay, and it's gone so fast and we're not done yet, but we're going to go to backstage soon. 
to ask questions or answer questions. And we're also going to talk about New Zealand. You don't want to miss what Pierre has to say and some of the things that we ran into. It's going to be really fascinating. But I did want to finish with a couple of uh, sort of noteworthy ideas, uh, sort of spit uh, um, fire at you guys sort of uh, quickly and let, let me know what you guys think. But uh, I, I believe the carbon that they're trying to get rid of, according to UK scientists, is people because they're going after <laughs> breath. Uh, they say human breath is bad for the environment. The other thing that was really interesting is the IMF boss, the International Monetary Fund, at the uh, at the summit at the at the uh, United Nations summit for climate change, said, "Well, the problem to that, or the solution to the problem of humans breathing too much, would be we just need to tax them more. So it would just be a tax on your breath, perhaps." Or the devil statue, the statue of Baphomet, the devil inside the Iowa Capitol building, and and a Christian actually taking the head off that statue. Now he's now he's facing charges uh, because he's charged with fourth degree criminal mischief by the Satanic Temple who put the statue in the first place. And of course, liberal uh, school boards now with their new members, uh, whether it's a school board uh, chief or a member of the school board in Virginia and other places swearing their oath uh, of office on a stack of pornographic material instead of the Bible. That used to be the Bible that they swore their uh, uh, an oath to keep uh, uh, take care of children and education. Now they do it on banned books, basically. And this is, uh, this is Biden's America. So you can't be a foster parent in Biden's America if you believe Christian values according to his new bill. So uh, laid it all out there. We got to get to Israel in a moment. But uh, anything stood out to you, Jacob? Well, I think you pretty much covered the way that it's going. <laughs> the, the, the foster parent thing is crazy. You, even 10, 12, 15 years ago, it would have been unfathomable. Right. To have it in a bill that says, unless you abide under, L, affirm, sorry, affirm LGBTQ yes. rules because of your Christian faith, then you will be rejected as a foster parent candidate. That's correct. That is... <laughs> If we don't know where we're living, I don't have to bring them up to be a lesbian or a homosexual or whatever. But if you <sighs> hold to traditional family values that are heterosexual, you're on you're morally unfit to be a parent. Wasn't this there a case like that, Jacob? This is 10, the mainstream. Yeah, 10, 12 years ago, wasn't there a case in the UK where some Christian parents were not allowed to adopt or, or foster? I forget which yeah, one. That's of the two. Began. Yeah. I remember well, you talking you know, about it. It's becoming like the days of Lot. Oh, Jesus yeah, was the days of Lot. Lot just became so acclimated to being surrounded by perversity and moral debauchery, it became culturally normative to him. He became <laughs> callous to it in the book callous. of Genesis. Yeah. Well, that's what it's becoming like, the days of Lot. So that's what Jesus said. We're going to be surrounded by such debauchery and perversion that's going to be normative, sociologically and culturally normative, we will just become callous to it. Mm, very true. Uh, Pierre, anything stood out to you on those stories that we just mentioned? Yeah, you know, the fact that the school board is swearing in on a stack of pornographic material <laughs> is, is just mind-blowing. Um, you know, it, it, it absolutely kind of goes against everything that you expect from a school board. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and they're making it very clear what they stand for and what they expect children to learn in school. School is no longer a place where you go and get an education. 
um, that's going to help you in life. It's about how they can manipulate you and and get you into their way of thinking. Yes. Um, so you know, it's it's absolutely horrendous that it's come to that. Um, I was going to mention on the um, Biden uh, issue that you you raised there with fostering. Yeah. Um, you know, fostering children was something that we looked into in New Zealand um, about five years ago, six years ago, mm. and um, Marguerite had gone and and started doing some of the the government um, courses that they offer so that we you can find out more and what the processes are and things. But then we were told flat out that you're not allowed to um, give these kids the gospel. You're not allowed to Whoa. take them to church. And you've got to remember that the majority of these children come from fractured homes, yeah. um, lots of abuse. Um, you know, what I found when we were doing our, our market store um, locally where we were providing Christian material to people and talking to people is that most youngsters that came past us didn't have a clue who Jesus is. Um, wow. And, um, you know, so you, you get into an opportunity like that where a kid has come out of such a broken life. And the first thing you want to do is introduce them to Jesus. Yeah, because man. for the first time in their lives, they're going to actually get some stability and they're going to get something in their lives that's going to be meaningful. And we were told you, you can't do it, um, mm. you know, and you, they take the kids away if, if they found out that you were taking them to church. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, I'd hate to think what, what it's become now, given that we've just gone through six years of the Labour Party. Um, they've probably changed a lot of those rules as well to mm. align with what you've got in the States. Yeah, this is crazy. It's called the uh, Safe and Appropriate Foster Care Placement Requirements. That's a long one. But uh, uh, while maybe people that promote harming children and abusing children can certainly walk right in. And uh, I actually was watching a video of a guy who has uh, his last name is Dawson. I can't remember his first name, but he's sort of a celebrity. But he he, he he's he's married to a man and uh, he's talking about uh you know, young girls and calling them all kinds of perverted names. He just uh, surrogate two babies. So he's going to be raising two babies uh, and he's allowed to adopt. He's allowed to foster. He's allowed to do all these things, even though he's got a a record of very, I mean, if there was a guy you want to see his uh, search history on his phone, yep. that would be my, you know, my number one choice, but he's allowed to do it. But yet a gospel preaching, believing couple in America couldn't do it, or at least will be questionable to do it. So uh, let's uh, real quick. Uh, oh, Jay, uh, any thoughts on any of the news that we uh, just talked about? Or any of these things stood out to you? Well, with uh, in, in reference to education, there, there, I have a real simple solution for you. If you really do not like the direction of education is going and you have children, take them out of public school. There, there are people around you that are doing homeschooling and will be more than willing to co-op with you and bring your kids in. There are churches yeah. and parochial options. Do not let your children into those public schools. When their attendance drops, they lose money. And the easiest way to win a victory over a force like the Department of Education is to take away their funding. And the, and it's in it's in parents' individual hands. Those people, rather than speaking to the school boards, which I understand you you're airing your grievance, they don't care. Take your kids mm. out of the school. 
get them away from the people who want to turn them into social justice warriors. Mm. Put them in schools where they're going to learn about Jesus, as Pierre says. Mm. So many yeah. children don't know who Jesus is, or they have been deluded on who Jesus is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Davey, any thoughts? I don't know if you heard the the, the, the four, some four news that we talked about. The uh, the UK scientist says your breath is bad for the environment. Uh, the, the the school board swearing on pornographic material. Uh, not allowed to foster your uh, a child or children if if you're a Christian and you're not going to affirm their uh, you're not going to affirm their uh, transgenderism or their or their sexual preference. Well, the swearing in um, on those books at the schools, <laughs> in a way, is very appropriate, really, because that's basically what they're spewing out to the kids. Um, but when these teachers start getting caught in um, sex abuse of the children and all the rest of it, these um, people at the higher levels of these schools, colleges should be held to account too. Um, when they're swearing in on pornographic material like that, and they're, they're, they're basically an accomplice. It's kind of like, it's absolutely disgusting, really. It really is absolutely disgusting and a mockery. The fact that they can get away with this, but... Um, yeah. So it is. So it is the world we live in. Uh, final thought on Israel. Uh, Jacob, the uh, the one of Turkish MP, has a heart attack as he's cursing Israel and uh, uh, on on the Turkish parliament floor, and uh, he's cursing Israel as a heart attack. He died yesterday. Uh, calling for anti-Semitism continues. Uh, we yes. see Hamas leader calling the West Bank to rise up and kill Jews, but. You know, he's saying, what's it worth to you five shekels for a Jewish throat? Uh, I mean, unbelievable. And Biden's peace plan, of course, for the Palestinian Authority to be in charge of Gaza, uh, Hamas requirements for a peace treaty. Uh, all these things are happening. Uh, the, the Turkish MP, uh, that, that was that, that was quite you know, eye-opening to me. The half Turk? Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, you want to you want to show it? It's 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 a it's a it's a classic. Let's, let's see if we can do this one real quick. Uh, uh, I Genesis. Think Twelve three, yeah, I think I could share it right here. There we go. Can you guys see it, uh, Jake? Is this visible? All right. Allah'ın gazabından kurtulamayacaksınız. Hepinizi saygıyla selamlıyorum. Israel not escaped the presence of Allah. Done. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, as of yesterday, he died. Israel will not escape the judgment of of Allah. Well, he didn't escape the judgment of Yahweh. <laughs> Unbelievable! Certainly, like a biblical judgment happening right there. Like Herod just got eaten by worms. A little bit more. That's right. Chapter twelve. But wow. that's right. May, may he be the first of many, unless unless they repent. May he be the first of many. The call for anti-Semitism continues, Jacob, un unprecedented. Uh, I know it's always happened in the Middle East. It's always happened in different places. But now it's happening in Harvard. Yeah, Harvard. Did you, see, did you see those ladies? Oh, man. Man, those ladies. MIT, but that woman, that, that Claudine, that Claudine Gay. Harvard, yeah. It's been a disaster. That terrible woman has reversed acceptances to Harvard based on opinions voiced by teenagers in high school that she didn't agree with. That woman has had lectures canceled about people who believed 
in the genetic identification of of double X and Y chromos of XY chromosomes. She, you believe in two genders based on genetic science. She canceled lectures. She was total enemy of free speech, a total mm. enemy of free speech. But when it comes to people calling for the extermination of Jews, now it's a matter of free speech. It depends mm. on the context. She says, wow. "What a hypocrite!" First of all, she's widely accused of plagiarism, and those who are accusing her say they have documented evidence. She wrote some stupid thesis on a ridiculous subject anyway, but she's only there because she's woke, because she is a left-wing black, because she is a feminist activist, and because they wanted to put somebody like her in that position in Harvard. That is why she's there. She's not there by virtue of any qualification. But what a hypocrite. She was an enemy of free speech until it comes to calling for the extermination of Jews. Just an evil woman. May the Almighty raise his hand against her. She didn't even answer the question about whether or not, not. it was against even Harvard's code of conduct. She just said it depends on the context. And the obvious question is, it's well, calling, calling for Jewish genocide. Can you imagine if somebody dared? If somebody said that about black people, I would be outraged. I'd call them a racist member of the clan or whatever I'd call them. Right, exactly. If somebody said that about blacks, I would be outraged. But with her as a black woman, it's okay to say it about Jews. What a yeah. disgusting excuse for a human being. Yeah, the other lady, McGill, uh, Liz McGill, she she resigned from Penn. So she's out of there, even though she couldn't answer the same question. It depends on the context, it depends on behavior, it depends on if it's done. Well, she's she, was at that, she was answering the questions. Yeah, yeah, she had this smile and said, Oh man, this is uh unbelievable. What about Biden's peace plan, Jacob? That that's 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 the other one that's really interesting. This is unbelievable. When Hamas took over from the Palestinian Authority in 2007, 2008. The Palestinian Authority, which is Fatah, the old PLO, Arafat's people, were voted voted out of office by the people of Gaza because they embezzled so much money of international aid. Now, of course, Hamas has done the same thing, but they embezzled the money. The people turned to Hamas. The response of the Palestinian Authority was a civil war. 8,000 Gazan Palestinian Arabs were killed by each other mm -hmm. in the civil war between Hamas and the Palestinian Authority. Now we're supposed to pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> the people on the West Bank know that if there was an election held on the West Bank, that Hamas would win and the Palestinian Authority would lose. As a result, there is no democratically elected government on the West Bank. They have not had an election. Abbas, Mahmoud Abbas, has not had an election in nearly 20 years. He just there canceled. Is no, there's no democratically elected government since this Oslo nonsense. There's no democratically elected government. So what Biden and Blinken are trying, and Jake Sullivan are trying to force is to make a merger between Hamas and the Palestinian Authority to get them to patch things up. <laughs> oh, man. Make, a, make some kind of a coalition to say the Palestinian Authority is governing Gaza. A non-democratic government. A non-democratic government with no democratic mandate from its people 
They haven't had elections in all these years, and they dare not have an election because Hamas would win it. Mm. And this is what Biden is... I pray to God in the name of Jesus Christ that the almighty God of Israel will put his hand against Biden and Obama and that administration. I pray they come under the merciless and swift judgment of the God of Israel. Yeah, this, this is uh, un, unreal, what, what's being done in Israel, what's being done against... Uh, the precious people there, even against children. Uh, you talk about Jacob, or children. Biden has just put a ban on the sale of 20,000 M16 rifles to Israel, light, light weapons. He's just banned it. He's denying visas to, to Israeli settlers and the, the residents of the West Bank. I wouldn't call them settlers, they're the indigenous people. This idea, a Palestinian state has never existed in history. How can the archaeologically verified indigenous people of a land be accused of occupying a country that has never existed? It's not even rational, hmm. but it's what is being broadcasted by the United Nothing, by the Democratic Party, by the mainstream media. How can the indigenous people, verified by archaeology to be the indigenous people, be called an occupying presence and being called occupiers of a country that has never even existed. It is legally impossible. It is practically impossible, but it is the policies of the Biden government, of Joe Obama. Yeah, and he wants to keep that going for sure. And Since uh, we are well, talking we'll about Israel, Marco, real quick, I just wanted to mention yeah, that now if you look in our description, whether on Rumble, whether on Facebook, whether on the live stream on YouTube, I've included the link to the Moriel donate page uh, for all our funds. So if you wanted to donate to the um, the Soldiers Fund, please click the, the link to the uh, Moriel Jerusalem Fund and just put in the note soldiers and you'll be able to have a quick link to our paypal it's the easiest way you can get money to that fund if you want to or look at the many other funds that i've included there but now thank all you. our videos have that thank you james yeah. so it's got all the uh all the contact links for all the donations uh for different ministries there so thank you brother uh i appreciate it. I, I don't know we, we didn't talk about this in the, in the previous in the in, the, in our pre-meeting uh but i showed james and i showed davy uh that that video game did you guys watch that one uh, jay the video game i think it was called uh al-aqsa uh yes i, I did i did Al watch that wow first yeah. on al-aqsa which is a video game on steam which is a very popular uh i guess game site that you can go on it it basically you play the role of a a terrorist killing uh killing jews Correct. on the temple mount uh and, and this is a, a highly sought after game uh it is unbelievable unreal just the hatred that comes out in those uh, in those game chats it was very popular popular with young kids. Some of the comments were were incredibly just incredulous. The worst one that I saw that just sticks in my mind is somebody commented. Actually, again, you just described the the game. Finally, a game where you get to play the good guys. Whoa, Busan Alexa. No oh, man. It's 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 getting there, and it's getting you know the crescendo is there. What we talked about it in uh, in New Zealand, Pierre. It's like it it's, it's it starts with the Jews. It always starts with the Jews, 
but it doesn't end with the Jews. It always goes toward believers. I think believers need to be well aware of what's going on. Uh, final thoughts, uh, Pierre, on, on Israel. Any any uh, any comment on what's going on there, not only with the Biden administration? Not sure where the New Zealand new government stands on it. I know where Australia stands on it, right, Davey, with uh, uh, Albanese. But uh, he loves to attack Israel left and right. But uh, not sure where New Zealand stands on it with the new government. But uh, any final thoughts on Israel, Pierre? Yeah, look, so so far the um, current new government um, uh, are not willing to to speak directly out against um, Israel. They they've kept up with uh, Israel as a right to to defend itself. Um, but the opposition parties, um, we've had members of the opposition party standing up and chanting, you know, from the mountain to the sea. Um, oh, man. And, yeah, and that was in parliament. Um, so it's 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 really not good. Um, the Greens party in particular um, absolutely hate Israel. Um, the opposition, which is now the Labour government, which was a Derns government, they are... Um, continually calling for action against Israel. Um, so yeah, at this stage, thankfully, the the current government is standing with um, Israel in, in terms of what Israel is allowed to do. But the the media, yeah, um, they really every day they portray Israel as, as the bad guy, um, you know, just innocent people being killed. And they the problem is so many people take their truth from the media so they right. you know they look at this and they think that this this is what's really happening um they don't think um they don't they don't consider looking at what the other side of the story is um so yeah it's 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 a pretty sad situation um we have had demonstrations that have been turning a bit ugly in oh. places like Auckland um, still going on still going yeah, on yeah 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 oh wow and, but what what is good is that there were quite a number of believers who went and uh, had a, a demonstration outside of Parliament um, in favour of Israel and standing with Israel and flying Israeli flags. So um, you know at least we we do have that representation happening in New Zealand as well. Um, but um, I think the longer the war goes on and the more the media continue to to um, have an opportunity to make Israel look um, like the big, bad, evil country that they want them to be, um, they will start swaying the public opinion as well. Mm. Mm. So there's more to it than that. Much prayer. Much prayer needs to be done in New Zealand. Oh, my goodness. So, um, yeah, let's continue that. So uh, we're going to go into backstage. So um, please jump out of YouTube and Facebook and head to the other platforms. And we're going to be talking about New Zealand quite a bit and what happened there during our trip. And um, uh, our brother Pierre is going to uh, help us understand the, the current situation with the churches there, Christianity in New Zealand, uh, some concerns, some good things, some great things, and how you and I can pray and help the believers in New Zealand, uh, very dear to us, very dear to our hearts. So don't miss that. We're also going to be taking questions for Jacob and Pierre wants to jump in and answer some of them. We're glad to have them. And uh, we thank you so much for you, Pierre, being here, for Jay, for Davey, for Jacob. And of course, for those who are watching live, we thank you so much for being with us and uh, so blessed to have you on. And we're going to be switching over on Backstage. <music> 
All right, we're back. Welcome to Backstage, the part of the program where our tech overlords don't let us talk about certain things. So we like to go to Backstage and talk about things that uh, the Lord has led us to talk about without the interference of uh, or the chagrin of other people, but uh, uh, definitely the interference of big tech and government and things like that. And uh, we're going to talk about New Zealand and our trip there in a moment, but we do have some questions. And I would ask if, if you're on the comments right now on Rumble, that's where we take our questions and comments. If you have comments or questions for uh, Pierre specifically about New Zealand, uh, send them in. We'll ask them those specific things because I think there's a lot of people that uh, uh, maybe perhaps never never consider, never thought about Morial New Zealand. And, um, you know, it's so far away, Pierre. Sometimes people in the United States or in, in, in the UK don't think about it much. And uh, we, we live in a self-centered world and sometimes people just don't think about much about beyond you know their own lives uh but by being missionaries by being uh, godly missionaries and godly uh believers having fellowship with one another you know it expands our prayer life it expands our thinking it expands our our view of the church that's not just uh it's not just in our four walls but it's in the body of christ globally and it's important to know that and i'm so uh, so glad to have spent time with you there and uh, meeting the believers there it was a wonderful experience. Plus, traveling with Davy and Rihanna that that also was uh, helped a lot of in a lot of ways. So let's get on with the questions, then we can get to New Zealand. Pierre, when I have a question. Home? I have a question oh, yeah. for Pierre, real quickly. Go ahead. It just came it. in. Uh, Pierre, uh, are you originally from New Zealand? Because people in the chat are detecting possibly some South African <laughs> accent there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm originally from South Africa. Um, I'm a South African Kiwi. Um, moved <laughs> over here in 2008, um, and have been involved with Moriel New Zealand since about 2012. Um, so yeah, no, we 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 fully invested in New Zealand. Uh, my kids have grown up here. Um, probably uh, the strangest accents coming out of one family. Um, because I have a son who was homeschooled and didn't really go to uh, Kiwi school. He doesn't have any accent that resembles his parents. His sister <laughs> has more of a Kiwi accent, and then we have South African accents. Uh, when they were younger, I think people used to look at us and go, hmm, where did those kids come from? But, uh, yeah, no, we, we definitely South African Kiwis. All right, well, thank you. Hats off to the chat for catching that one. Yeah, good job. Thanks. Very, very attentive. Thank you. Uh, when and how do we explain to others and our children, our grandchildren, the collapse of many NAR and prosperity motivational speaking uh, speakers and churches in the future, or will they become a satanic black hole of those that do not have oil? I don't understand the question as phrased. All right, let me repeat it again. When and how, so that's the question, when and how, do we explain to others and our children and grandchildren the collapse of many of NAR and prosperity motivational speaking churches in the future? Or will those churches become a satanic black hole of those that do not have oil? Well, obviously, they don't have oil in their lamps as it is. <clears throat> the correct approach to take in light of what Scripture tells us is just to deal with the doctrines, begin dealing with the doctrines of the NAR, false apostles, why it is wrong. Just begin in Revelation chapter 2, the first message to the first church, Ephesus. 
the false apostles. That's what these people are. They're false apostles. That should be the premise we address them. But what happened to the false apostles in the first century church? Well, that's what's going to happen to the NAR. Now, mm -hmm. I would point out that it's not just Bill Johnson and people like this, and those who are sympathetic and supportive of him, like Michael Brown, who spoke at that crazy place in in Bethel, California, in Redding, California. It's um, there's a messianic version called Tikkun, uh, with with people like Dan Juster and Asher Vintrader. It, it's just a messianic version of the NAR. Um, people like Lou Engle, an ecumenical fruitcake on steroids. Um, you know, begin with their false doctrines. What I've said repeatedly that people in England can relate to is the NAR is just a reinvention of the restoration movement that was prominent in England in the 1980s with Gerald Coates, Terry Virgo, Roger Foster, Barney Coombs, people like that. Um, Bryn Jones, the restoration of offices of apostles and prophets, but they don't mean what the word of God means by those things. And this generally becomes wedded to some form of dominion theology, over-realized eschatology. It's basically a reinvention of the restoration movement that was prominent in England in the 1960s. Um, heads have already rolled. Um, certainly Mike Bickle, who was NAR before there was NAR, uh, he was tied in with the English restorationists in 1990s. He was a pivotal character. Um, and a transitional character. He, he's he gone now morally. Um, we, we find out that he was always immoral and he's been publicly publicly disclosed for what he not only is, but he always has been. Um, but I assure you, there's a lot more immorality uh, in the NAR as well as false doctrine. So begin with their false doctrine, the idea of false apostles. That is the point of commencement. Very good, very good. Uh, Pierre, any thoughts on NAR and, uh, and the prosperity gospel movement? And how do you talk to people about it? Where do you start? Yeah, it's a, it's a big problem in New Zealand. Um, we're mm. finding a lot of churches. And uh, when you were here, we, we did discuss with, a, I think, a few people who had come out of some of the churches where they were picking up that more and more NAR activity was taking place in, in these churches and being allowed in. Um, and obviously, we, we've got a, a destiny church here, which is a prosperity church, which really yes. ends up giving Christianity a, a bad name um, because, you know, the things they do, the things they, they, they the, the behavior that we get from them, you know, like the, the main pastor taking photos of himself with cash all over the stage. This is really wow. Yeah, Brian Tamaki, yeah. You know, I warned that guy in his house. I warned that guy over 30 years ago about getting into the word faith. I warned him yeah. in his house over 30 years ago. Mm. Down there, Rotorua. I warned him over 30 years ago. Well, it's it's people like him that make it extremely difficult for um, other Christian organizations to, to be able yes. to be looked at as um, charity organizations um, and get in with the charity groups because um, they they create such distaste among the the public um, you know they see the way they behave um, 
the problem again is that you have someone like Brian Tamaki stepping up and, and playing a political role um, when it comes to things like the, the COVID lockdowns and that, um, where you were expecting pastors from solid churches to stand up and, and, and say things they didn't. And Brian Tamaki was willing to, to challenge what the government was saying. So he gains a lot of support again from you know, certain groups. Um, but yeah, the NAR stuff in the churches, yeah, it, it's become such a problem. Um, mm. It is very difficult to find a decent, mm. solid church in New Zealand. You know, if you look at some uh, somewhere like Auckland, which uh, Jacob will remember from times in the past when he's coming, Auckland is a massive, massive city. Um, there used to be a number of good churches that you could find in, in Auckland. Now you can't find a good church. Um, wow. You know, People will complain and they'll say that they're staying in their churches because of the fellowship um, and, you know, because it's not 100% bad, you know, it's only maybe 80% bad. Um, <laughs> so they can they can deal with it because they, they get good fellowship. Um, but the problem is they, they're not getting any kind of, of um, teaching that's going to be worth anything. And the other problem I see is that they then start opening themselves up to some of these practices and they may not be able to recognize them properly um, as they get deeper and deeper into them. Um, you know, we, we had a church that we used to go to that collapsed because of this sort of thing, um, introducing bad uh, doctrine um, and theology, allowing certain things to, to, to come in through music, um, and behaviors, um, you know, and it, it's really sad when you watch an entire church just disintegrate and solid believers who've been together for 10 years plus, um, you know, just leaving. So, yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's a common problem, yeah. All right, All right. Thank you, brother. Uh, what is your take on Joshua making the sun and moons, uh, sun, the sun and moon stop moving? That's the question. Well, we deal with this in our teaching on Amos chapter 7 and 8. Um, the scriptures speak of the three heavens, Paul does anyway. The atmosphere of the earth, outer space, and then eternity. Um, there's two Greek words for time, chronos and kairos. Chronos is the order of events. Um, kairos is a clock. Eternity is not a clock that keeps going. Eternity is no clock at all. And the book of Revelation you see an order of events. You have chronos, but you have no kairos. They happen outside of time. Okay. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. But then I saw. Okay. Now, I, I ex explain this to the extent that can be explained on our teaching on Amos 7 and 8. Very briefly, chronos depends on planetary motion, planetary motion, or celestial motion in the second heaven. In the book of Revelation, the sky is rolled up like a scroll. Eternity meets Earth. That's what happens. Outer space is, is, is rolled up, and eternity meets Earth at, at the close of the age, the final close of the age. Eternity will, will meet the Earth. Um, God has various times intervened with time by intervening with planetary motion, one of which is at Gibeon with Joshua, where the sun stood still. Another is in the book of Revelation, where a third of the day and the third of the night will disappear. 
a day will go from 24 hours to 16 hours, okay? Another is where Jesus died on the cross and there was a double sunset. From 12 to 3, the sun went down when he died, then it came up again, then it went down again at night. God intervened with time. Um, that corresponds the the death of one king of Israel being cut short because the sun went backwards with Hezekiah when he was healed. So Hezekiah was given an extra 15 years of life, Jesus dying at a at a at a point where most people would have have another if they were 35, they would have another 15 years of life. So the the longevity or the extension given to Hezekiah as one king was counterbalanced by the reduced longevity of Jesus as another. The sun went backward with Hezekiah, but the sun set twice with Jesus. These are different points of time, points of history, where God has intervened with time. And what happened in Joshua is one of them. It's where God intervenes with time by interfering with planetary motion or 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 causing planetary normal planetary motion and rotation uh and uh, to take place at a different pace if that makes sense to understand what's happening there in joshua you have to understand that relative to chronos and kairos the recorded teaching on the morio website is amos chapter seven and eight when it says the sun went down at noon, the prophecy that the sun went down at noon, that was fulfilled in the crucifixion of Christ. Does that answer it? That's the best I can answer it. All right. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you. Uh, is Absalom a shadow of the Antichrist? Yes, it's in the book, Shadows of the Beast. Get Shadows of the Beast. Get the book. Uh, Warren Buffett just sold $30 billion off in stocks. Well, will this be the beginning of the collapse of Wall Street and the rest will fall like dominoes into a depression? I don't have a crystal ball, but one thing I've always said is watch the money. Watch the people with the real money and watch what they do. Now, I would point out <clears throat> that Warren Buffett has not been always a brilliant prognosticator. He has gotten it wrong significantly on a few occasions. Nonetheless, he's never gone broke. <clears throat> Watch the people with the money. I wouldn't make any determinations based only on Warren Buffett, but I would watch what other um, plutocrats do. I'd watch Gates. I would watch um, <clears throat> Elon Musk. I'd watch. I'd watch. You know, Zuckerberg. I'd watch all of them. If you see a sell-off by billionaires, something's coming. Yeah. Before the evergreen collapse in China, you had a sell-off by Chinese billionaires trying to get their money out of China into the West before Evergrande. Watch the money. Very good. Very interesting. Any thoughts on that, uh, Pierre? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. You know, Jacob's 100% right. Um because as soon as you see things taking place, um, you just know that they, they, they're going to either be trying to cover themselves and move their own fortunes, um, or, you know, they, they deliberately planning something. So if, if, the, if it's they're moving their money from one particular item to another, and that's going to be the focus of what, what they're yes. going to be doing, 
then you know it, it's a it's a clear indication. Um, it's it, it's always interesting when you you see where these people have money invested, especially some of the leaders um, you know in in the world. Um, and and it's not just the the, the billionaires as such. You know, the, the government leaders who've got a lot of money. Um, when they start moving money, it just generally indicates that they they know some things about to happen as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'd also very... talk about just the element discourse. You'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilences. Okay, so if you're just looking at what Jesus said, now I'm not saying he's giving investment advice, but that will tell you to look at pharmaceutical stocks. That would tell you to look at defense contracting stocks, wars, rumors, and that will tell you to look at food production. There's a reason that Bill Gates is buying up so much agrobal land. He's become the largest owner of farmland in North America. That's right. Very Watch true. the money. Do you think AI will be sentient and turn in uh, and turn its back on us like in the Terminator? Uh, that would be the movie. Uh, good morning from the Philippines. Is this the brother from uh, Bulacan that, that usually comes in on uh, Jay? If you could ask him, uh, maybe he's the brother from Bulacan. He's always on. And uh, if it is, you know, um, good morning. And uh, he's always been very faithful to be on it. So uh, AI, Jacob, sentient, not. And if it does, will they turn back on us? Is this like a Terminator? I have no doubt that AI is one of the technologies that's going to be misused by fallen man, and it will come into play in setting the stage for the scenario of Revelation chapter 13. There will be a robot who can not only function with artificial intelligence, but beyond that, it'll be animated. The Antichrist gives breath to it. Can you imagine a computer that operates with, with organ organically? instead of with silicone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? An organic computer that goes beyond... The, yeah. Something that goes beyond quantum computing by organic means. That is what Revelation 13 says is ultimately going to happen. So we can speculate about, will computers take over this or that? When Reagan was president, they had that market crash, that Black Friday. 87, yeah, and that was triggered by cell orders being issued by computers. Some people say the Soviets had something to do with it, but certainly cell orders are being issued by computers. The computers were analyzing market trends and automatically issuing cell orders without any human approval. Okay, we've already seen hints of that kind of thing happening, okay, and, and on a global scale or something affecting the global economy. But Revelation 13 will go well, well beyond that. Hmm. Very good. Any thoughts on that, uh, Pierre? Yeah. Hey, uh... I, I think, you know, when you look at the developers of uh, some of these systems and the ones who have been involved with AI, one of the things they all kind of say is that it terrifies them. Um, yeah. they, they understand where this can go to. And, you know, that's that's just with the, the system as it is, this isn't, you know, even, we haven't even introduced the Antichrist, um, you know, into this yet and, and um, what, what's going to come, as Jacob has said. So, I mean, the, the, the sheer capability is frightening. Um, and a few months back, I was over in Australia at a seminar 
And one of the things they were discussing was the threat of uh, robotics to employment. And the person who was doing the talk is a, an expert on robotics. And they were saying mm. they don't believe that robots are the biggest threat at the moment. They believe that AI is the biggest mm. threat. Um, so, you know, that, that tells you a few things. Um, you know, you're not, you're not just dealing with a world that we all thought, you know, people are just going to take away jobs and put robots and let them, you know, carry out the functions. Um, but they feel that that capability is too far away. But what AI offers is something that can yep. be utilized very quickly. Hmm. Yep. You, you yeah, just yeah. think about it. A criminal who can steal or stick someone up with a gun or commit a sex crime. Okay. The problem is not his body or his human capacity to do those things. The problem is with the brain. Well, it's the same with the computer or a robot. The problem is not with the robotic technology itself. It's the software. <laughs> yeah. And when AI goes out of control, but then when it becomes organic, because it actually says that it will be animated by the yeah. give by, a breath. Yeah. It's it's something that's beyond science fiction. Only it won't be fiction. Yeah. Do you really? And it won't be science, it'll be demonic. It'll be demonic yeah. animation. That's right. Some are teaching that Israel will win all their battles. However, doesn't the Bible teach in Daniel eleven forty one that the Antichrist will horribly and brutally turn on the Jews in his quest for global domination? He will, but the return of Christ will preempt the total destruction of the Jews. So the, the Jews, will, as I was saying, the Jews will win the battle, but the Antichrist will win some of those battles, but he won't be able to destroy them. He'll push them to the point of near extinction at Armageddon when he marches on Jerusalem. His armies will be gathered into the Valley of Jehoshaphat in Jerusalem. Armageddon is not the final battle. It's the penultimate gathering place for the final attack. They come into, um, into the Valley of Jehoshaphat, which is the northern orifice of the Kidron, and Christ returns to the Mount of Olives and destroys the army, the armies of Antichrist. So the victory of Israel will not be Israel's. It'll be the Christ's. Amen. Amen. Good point. Any, any uh, comments on that, uh, Pierre? Yeah, I mean, my feeling is, you know, um, Jacob is spot on with that. You know, it's, I think there's, there's a misconception that people always is always forget God in the fact of Israel. Mm. Um, you know, often it's it's you know Israel's this mighty force that can take on everybody, but actually it's God who, who wins those wars. And I mean, if you if you look at some of the um, amazing things that have happened in previous battles, um, where you can see divine interjection and the help that Israel's been given. I mean, even the the enemies have said that their God, you know, was involved in the war because they yeah. could see it was it's not possible for Israel on their own to be able to do these things. Um, but, you know, God did say that he, he won't let Israel be totally destroyed. Um, but Jesus, again, they, they, they need to be looking at Jesus as we all do because Jesus is the one who's going to save everybody. Amen. Amen. And we do want to confirm, yes, he's from Bulacanda, brother from the Philippines. So good morning. Good morning to the Philippines, a brother 
um, Brian0226. So God bless you, brother. Thank you so much for being with us. He's always very faithful to be on with us. So that's good. Uh, final questions here, just a few of them more. Uh, can someone explain how Harvard can be can have a can be a $50 billion corporation? Where does it get this kind of money? Jacob. A degree from an Ivy League school or certain other institutions that are on an academic par with it, possibly John Hopkins, certainly Stanford on the West Coast, Caltech, places like that, um, MIT, um, maybe Cornell, Purdue. Those things are jobs for life. There are corporations that will hire people from those institutes who are graduates of those institutions simply for the prestige value. They're not necessarily getting the best of brain power. That's something that the Koch brothers realized. The best brain power does not always have to come from these top institutions, but the prestige comes with them. Um, so it's a job for life. And you'll find a disproportionately large number of the top lawyers in the country from the top law firms are from Yale or Harvard. Um, you, you'll find that. Harvard Med, John Hopkins, okay, will be a close second possibly, but in medicine. So you have these high income alumni who make contributions to their alma mater mm. and are tax exempt. They're, they're a tax exemption for the donor, but because it's a nonprofit corporation, Harvard does not have to pay any taxes on the contributions. <laughs> not only that, it's Although it is a nonprofit corporation, it is financially managed as a profit-making enterprise. They make money off those students <laughs> yeah. in all kinds of ways. The It's reached a point where even in top schools, the cost of the education is not necessarily a guaranteed return on income because you're going to be That's paying debt. So <laughs> they're making money in two ways. They're getting contributions. Um, more than two ways. They're getting contributions from the alumnus particularly. Two, they're getting uh, revenue because they're being run as businesses from the parents of the students who are going there. And the third one, the big one, a, a third big one, is federal subsidies mm. to conduct research projects, to conduct various other things on behalf of government. So they're getting taxpayer subsidies. They're getting contributions that are non-taxable and they are run as businesses but they don't have to pay a tax on the enterprise <laughs> so harvard winds up with literally hundreds of billions some say it can be estimated at 700 billion dollars yikes don't forget jacob too the contributions from qatar saudi arabia and the ccp yeah 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 sure yeah going to yeah, these governments from i don't just mean the american government i mean other yeah. governments yeah other government and, and trying to buy political influence Marco, real quick, I found a uh, a um, graphic I'd like to share with everybody on yeah, this go exact ahead, subject. Go ahead. So let me just do this. Share this. There's a there's a uh, breakdown of where yeah. Harvard gets their money. Oh, yeah, look at that federal tax free investment. Oh yeah, it's pretty yeah, much put it on. If they just put their whatever money they get on five percent interest and just save this investment, they're gonna lose yep. quite a bit of money. Tuition, including federal loans. Oh yeah. And by the uh, way, that two point four six the two point four six billion dollars 
a virtual yeah. tax-free investment, I think they paid less than 3% of taxes on that. Oh. So they invest their money. Yeah. They make money off of it, a profit, and they pay 3%, which is not even capital gains. Not even that. Yeah. State government, direct gifts. I like to find out that, what that yep. is. And other, well, other, other could be quite a bit of stuff. But... Uh, yeah. And none of this is taxable. None, none of it is taxable. Unbelievable. Final question here. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for that one. Uh, Jacob, this is a good question. Probably the easiest one. Any update on the documentary that was delayed due to uh, the lockdowns a couple of years ago? With the help of God, we are planning on resuming production in the forthcoming year. Okay. Um, with the help of the Lord. We've had so many setbacks. <laughs> right now, we're having a problem. Um, we are praying for the right Christian director. That is the obstacle that we've been trying to deal with. We so there had, you go. That's what you can pray for. Once we've it. had, the, the two we had have not worked out. So we need to have the right Christian director to go forward. Amen. Good prayer. Good prayer request. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to uh, Pierre in New Zealand. Uh, yes. Pierre spent about a week with you there and uh, Rihanna and Davey came along with us. And uh, it was quite amazing. And, and and you're on my heart and the believers are on my heart and haven't forgotten you guys. We pray for you guys. Our, our list just got bigger for prayer requests and prayer lists just got bigger. And uh, it was such a neat opportunity to go and share and meet some of the believers who I have contacted in the past on email, not only to have met you, but other believers. And um, tell us a little bit more about uh, Christianity in New Zealand, how you see it, some of the issues, some of your concerns, but also some of the good things that are going on, especially that you saw in our travel uh, throughout the two islands. Yep. Um, well, firstly, I, I need to say thank you to um, firstly yourself, Marco, for coming. Um, I know that initially your plan had been just to, to go to Australia. And once Davey had um, shared that info with me, uh, I, I was very quick to, to get in there and ask if we could sneak <laughs> some of your time. Um, and, so grateful uh, you know, for that, brother. So grateful. Oh, it was such a blessing to have yourself, David, Davy, and Rihanna. Um, and what a week of fellowship it was. Um, you know, ever since we, we've had the COVID lockdowns, and the lockdowns were pretty harsh in New Zealand, um, it was a really good opportunity for us to, to get out and, and meet with some of the believers, people that, you know, we haven't been able to see for quite a while. Um, the last time we had a, a visit was from uh, Jacob. It was about 2018, 19, somewhere around there. That's quite a while back. Um, and, you know, we, we did notice that um, with the lockdowns, there were a lot of people who were isolated um, and weren't able to, to have fellowship. Some of the churches collapsed because what we found was um, some churches made it mandatory that unless people went and got themselves um, the jab, they wouldn't be allowed to come into the churches anymore. Um, and they were following all the, the government guidelines. And so there were a lot of political issues that came into the church um, and, and really fractured um, mm. a large part of the churches in, in New Zealand. Um, another area that's always been a concern for me is in the South Island, um, because it, it almost gets treated like another country. Um, mm. You know, for people that don't know New Zealand, we, we have two islands, a North Island and the South Island. 
and it is separated um, by water. It's, uh, you have to fly or, or take a ferry across, uh, which takes about three and a half hours. It's, it's, it's not easy to just jump in a vehicle and travel eight hours and you're, yes. you're on the South Island. Um, so, you know, to have you come here and, and do the fellowship drive with us was just absolutely wonderful. The, the response that we, we've had has been really, really positive. Um, you know, everyone wanted to thank um, CCOD uh, for allowing you to come. Um, and having David Lister here as well um, was really great. Um, a lot of people who know David and haven't seen him for a long time. Um, and some people got the opportunity to meet him for the first time. Um, and I think the messaging was, was so pertinent as well. Um, you know, we were trying to bring people together and, and look at this thing of supporting and encouraging one another, showing love for one another. Um, because we, we, you know, when we, we find people that have been isolated and they don't have that fellowship anymore, um, it's great. You can watch online, get teachings and that, but you're not having that personal interaction that you need with fellow believers. Um, so for, for us, that was a, an amazing opportunity to bring people together. Um, and, you know, I was really glad that we were able to go to Christchurch on the South Island and yes. bring a number of people together. Um, as you saw for yourself, some people travel quite large distances to, to, to be able to come. And I know that there are other areas that were a few hours away that we, they would have loved to have been able to be part of it. Um, so, you know, it's something for us to look at for the future. Um, yes. So it, it, yeah, it, the one thing I think it really came uh, through clearly is that people who have been isolated want to get together. Um, now, in some areas, we did notice that some some groups had already formed. Um, people have started forming home groups uh, because of the lack of churches and the, the lack of decent um, teaching, um, you know, good, solid Bible teaching. So, you know, we had these groups that, that we, we found were, were formed already, um, but there were those others that came along and realized, oh, there's a, a group that they can now contact and interact with and possibly join. Or, you know, they could look at starting something in their own area. Um, uh, I think we were very fortunate in the, the week that you were here, we were able to do Christchurch, Palmerston North, Wellington, Hamilton, and Auckland. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty heavy going on yourself. Um, I am aware of that, doing two messages a, a day. Um, and and just really appreciate that you were willing to do that for us. Um, but I think the you know the feedback that I've had has been really positive. Um, my hope had been to to get the people between Hamilton and Auckland um, together prior to Christmas, but unfortunately uh, I got ill, um, and it kind of knocked me a bit. So mm. I need to to follow up on that. But out of out of the meetings, you know, I've had feedback from Auckland that. Um, there's one group that's been started um, by one of the sisters there. Praise um, the Lord. Hoping to expand on that as well. So they, they've got a, a ladies group, but then we'd like to perhaps once a month get as many people together as possible. Um, and I'm willing to go up as well. And Marguerite's happy to jump in and get involved. Um, 
we in Wellington, we've got our good brother Warwick, who is, I mean, he has just been so positive after the visit. Um, uh, I owe him some responses as well to email because mm. um, he's he's been emailing me uh, quite a bit about things that we can do and we want to build on it. Um, Praise the, God, the, that's awesome. It is, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I think one of the most amazing things down there was, you know, there were people who live not too far out of Wellington who didn't know that there was this gathering already that was taking place with, with Warwick. Um, and now they've found a place that they can go yes. and fellowship. Um, so I, I just think it's it's wonderful um, that we have that, you know, the, those sort of connections being made. Um, so from a, a fellowship drive, getting the messages through, I think, you know, the feedback, as I say, has been really positive. If we look at that map that um, Jay has put up, we had people... Um, coming to the Auckland gathering that traveled from Northland almost to the beginning of that very top piece. Um, there was one lady who traveled down from a, up that um, area. It's a long drive. It's a good eight-hour drive just mm. to, to get to um, Auckland to be able to come and join us. Um, on the South Island, we had people driving right across from the, the east coast, uh, from the west coast to the east coast to, to come and meet with us in, in Christchurch. Um, so, you know, you can see the hunger that's out there, um, the desire for people who want fellowship and, and, and really want to get together with fellow believers. But the one thing that became quite clear as well is that the remnant is small. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, the remnant really is small. There's there's a lot of really bad churches um, all over the place. Um, if we take a, a little town like um, Wanganui, which is yeah. probably about 30, 30 minutes, 45 minutes from Palmerston North. I mean, it's on the North Island. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere, really. Um, it's it's a decent-sized town. But that, that the churches there are all corrupt, um, mm. you know, wow. you cannot find good churches. And you know, so you've got groups of people in these little towns um, who are wanting proper teaching, who are wanting fellowship with Christians who are Bible believers and not interested in all this NAR stuff, and they really struggle to find it. Um, mm. So, you know, a prayer would be for all of these believers um you know, for encouragement, and that other believers will will come up as well, and 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 be willing to meet um, in some of these places because it is difficult. Um, one of the families you met, Marco, um, they had their young children there in Palmerston North. You know, yes, they come from yeah, I remember them. Yeah, um, you know, you got young children wanting you wanting them to interact with fellow. Um, Christians, it's really difficult when you can't find a decent church or a decent gathering of people, um, you know, um, and they've, they've had to go through a number of churches and, and each church, they have the same disappointments. So, um, you know, the prayer really is for encouragement for these, these believers that are spread around um, yes. and that we can get more and more groups together and, and get more of these opportunities 
um, you know, I am looking at, at options for isolated groups of people and what we can do um, so that we can at least try and, and get down there, um, you know, on a, a semi-regular point uh, where, where I can and bring people together. And, and I just believe that the more we do this, it, it'll eventually attract other people as well because they'll hear about it and they might not know of us, but they'll they'll find out and then they'll come along and you know it'll 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 grow from there um so yeah that that's it was really encouraging to to be able to meet with the the believers and to see that there were people that were, were still very keen to to come out and get together um you could see the post-covid impact on a lot of mm. the people um, yes. and you know the the challenges they've been through um so I, I would ask you know for people praying for us pray that we can we can build this um this fellowship group around the country in these different areas um and that we can you know be able to to support each of these people as they need to be supported um you know we we see a, a big change in how we're doing things here in new zealand from a morial perspective hmm. um you know want people to to understand I'm not just an administrator for Morio. Um, you know, I'm happy to come along and and lead a group um and help establish a group. Um and you know then it's kind of up to that group to to keep it going. Um but um I think the the challenge for a lot of people is and and, and this was something that we talked about on the fellowship drive is people are waiting for someone to come along and start a home group with them. Um, and, you know, the message we were giving on the fellowship drive is that you can start a home group. Um, you know, we're happy to help. Um, we're happy to be involved, but you don't need to wait for someone else to come and do it. You can do it. Um, you know, there's, there's, we saw the, the response in Auckland. Um, I put out a challenge to the men, um, everywhere we went um, yes that was that was very know, true very true yeah, my, my challenge was to the men and we are the men in the church we are the men who need to stand up and be a, accountable and start taking some ownership and and be willing to lead groups um and you know we we see that the message is hitting home um and hopefully you know we can really just build on this now Absolutely. Thank you so much, Pia. That, that's really very, very fascinating. I mean, it's, we, we went to different places, Christchurch, Hamilton, Wellington, Palmerston North, uh, ha uh, Auckland. It's five cities that we went to. I believe that, that that's all the five that I remember yeah, at this point. Yeah, but, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and meeting some wonderful believers, Warwick and, and Laurie, and some of the guys that I've known about, but just to meet them in person, was such a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Some new guys that we met. Uh, obviously, we knew some people from Christchurch already because they, they're part of our uh, Zoom fellowships at some of the the, the, the Bible studies for CCOD, uh, guys like Alan. But I love that that track. That, I believe his name was Keith. Uh, the tracks yes, that right. they were making, and, and, and I have a copy of them here. Uh, these are believers who are just printing tracks on their own, passing them out, sharing the gospel. And and, and it was Keith, right? Uh, yep, Keith. And it was Keith, yeah. Keith and Pauline, thank you so much. They, they blessed me so much for some tracks, and we, we presented into our fellowship here, and they love them. So uh, some wonderful, amazing things that are happening just by being together with other believers 
and sharing God's word and encouraging each other uh, because as the gifts and calling of God in their lives, you know, it's about, it's about stirring them. It's about encouraging them and moving forward in the Lord. And these are the good things. Obviously you share some concerns, um, brother Pierre, with some of the things that are going on with the NAR. You talked about that a little bit earlier in the episode and prosperity gospel, other things concern you with the, uh, uh, within within New Zealand, I mean, we don't like to talk about negative things only, but th there are genuine concerns. Yeah, um, look, I think one of the big challenges that I've found among some of the believers is that um, we we have different groups of believers who follow different, um, let's call them ministries, um, and and I think that you know people just need to be careful and draw that distinction between following God and following God's word and following a man. Um, you know, Jacob has always been the first to say, challenge anything I, I say by, you know, checking it against what the word says. Um, and, you know, I, I've gone into conversations with people and we have a theological difference um, and I'll reach for the Bible and they'll reach for a book that was written by... <laughs> A person you know that they're following and that that to me is when the warning signs should have gone off a long time ago for those people um you know be careful of that um be careful that your your theology is not coming from someone who's written a book um but actually coming from the bible um That's it's right. a big challenge for us and you know i know of a number of people who regularly uh, engage with other christians and try and and discuss um, particularly end time prophecy and that, um, and none of the, the the arguments that come back are coming from the Bible. They're all coming from a book written by somebody. Um, so yeah, for me that that's a big concern because I, I feel that Christians are are being um, misled, um, and it's kind of like a willingly being misled um, process. Um, you know. Don't put people above God. Um, we need to be focused on the word and the word tells us what we need to know. Um, you're just now taking someone's interpretation and making that gospel and that, that is not good. Um, so that, that's a big concern for me. Mm. And, and we definitely saw some of that, um, definitely in our meetings, some of the meetings that we saw you know, a lot of confusion and, and my heart goes out to them because God doesn't want us to be confused. I mean, there are genuine questions that we all need to have and and, and can pursue truth. Uh, but this was not just questions. This was confusion uh, because yes. they didn't have a clear handle on the word of God. And they were they were being, in my opinion, they were being misled by very much emotional theology. Yes. And um, so I saw some good things, saw some concern. Uh, the reality was, how do we combat these uh uh, these things that are concerning us it's with truth it's just to continue to give the truth you know yeah. uh you know have the truth sell it not you know we we have to we have to you know give it away we have to continue to promote the good things and see the good growth and 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 that's why my heart's with the believers there i love to go see them again according to god's grace maybe jacob will go before i do uh, but it's important that believers meet together, stay together, fellowship together, grow together. And, uh, and, and, and whatever we can do as a church, Pierre, you, you know that. And, and I meant that there, I mean, I mean it here, everything we can do as a church, 
to help that growth, to help believers grow and, and be not to, not to be confused, but to, to find more of the truth and whatever Moriel can do from here. Uh, absolutely. Uh, not only heard it from David, but, you know, Jacob's been very much, uh, you know, encouraging that. And I'll let Jacob speak for himself, but helping believers grow, form fellowships, get together and see the good growth that can come out of this and 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 yeah. don't stop the momentum because it was so good to see it. And I just hated it to leave so soon because it was like a week and it went so fast. And it was like, and my concern was like, will they continue after we leave? You know, will they continue yeah. after we leave? That and was that, a, that I think is always the the concern is, you know, is this, um, you know, you come along and, and we bring people together and it's wonderful and everyone's enjoying it. Um, but I think that's exactly what I, I, I sort of say to everyone at the, the end of each session is that, you know, Monday when Marco goes home and David and Rihanna leave and David's gone off to the, the Philippines, what are we going to do? Because we're the ones that are left here. You know, yeah. and we we have to make sure that we we do this and we we build on this, and um, I I think that you know from the feedback I've been given, um, there's a lot of people that are really keen to to continue this and to to get together, so you know we definitely going to to be um, putting a lot of work in um, as soon as. Uh, I'm better um, and feeling better. Yeah. You need um, you to get well, brother, for sure. But, uh, yeah, no, we're definitely going to be putting a lot of work into this um, because I, I think, you know, also we, we're looking at, you know, working closely with um, Davey and Rihanna from Australia. Um, and uh, I just feel that that encouragement as well with, you know, within this part of the, the world. Um, we neighbours, we... We, you know, we yeah for one another, um, and we we well aligned in our thinking and what we we want to be doing. I think it's going to really just help everyone. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll we'll hopefully you know come back on you in the near future and tell you amazing things are happening. Hallelujah! Looking forward to that. Jacob, you got any thoughts on this? Well. New Zealand has changed a lot in different ways. I'm certainly glad Adrian is gone, and I'm certainly glad that Christchurch is being rebuilt. I saw that city after the earthquakes, and it was completely destroyed, and I'm told it's on the mend once again, although it's still on the earthquake belt. I've always had a love for New Zealand since the first time I went there. And Australia is different than New Zealand. New Zealand is more like Britain and America in that it's had a Christian heritage with its founders and things like that, certainly its European founders, the Pakia. It's not like Australia or, or Canada that didn't have much of a Christian foundation as a nation or a society or a culture. Australia was different. They, they, they would, the British government would send Irish Republicans there and call them criminals and they would deport people saying they were criminals when they were just basically poor people stealing for food and stuff. But there was not a lot of gospel in Australia or in Canada. The United States, Britain, and uh, New Zealand had much a much richer Christian heritage, a much, much richer Christian heritage. Um, and 
that is, of course, fizzled in New Zealand the same as it's fizzled other places. But I still know that there is a number of people there who love Jesus and who support Israel. There's always been a love for Israel among the faithful remnant of believers in New Zealand. So I hope to be able to go there in the forthcoming year. Lord willing, I shall be there. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know if Marco will be there this forthcoming year, but I plan on being there, Lord willing. And I just hope that the meetings that Marco and David had with Pierre will help prepare the way for what we're going to do next year, um, this forthcoming year, Lord willing. So those are my thoughts. Amen. Amen. Well, we're winding down and um, just a final, final thoughts, Pierre. We'll hand it over to you uh, as an encouragement. Davey, it, uh, before Pierre, real quick, Davey, any, any thoughts real quick on, because uh, you were there, you experienced it, just uh, any thoughts you had, and then we'll turn it over to Pierre. We'll finish the episode uh, with his final thoughts and encouragement for those believers who are watching and those who will watch later for sure. Go ahead, Davey. Yep. Well, I just want to say, look, I was very encouraged. I know Pierre said it, the remnant is small. That may be true, but the thing is, there's still more of us around um, you know what I even imagined it so uh, very encouraging the main thing I keep thinking is let the fellowship of the brethren continue we need to keep um, we need to keep this going now and as Pierre said look we're going to do our best we can um, we, we've got a lot of ideas but we need to keep them before the Lord in prayer please keep us in prayer too so that if these ideas are of the Lord that they will come to fruition um, well, one of the ideas that keeps getting thrown at me everywhere, I mean, even from a couple of people from New Zealand have met, emailed me about this too, the idea of a retreat, a retreat idea. It seems to be one of the popular ideas and it's one that we're, we kind of would love to do and could see possibly happening. But yeah, just very encouraged. Just keep, keep on fellowshipping. Look, the teachings will become available just after, after Christmas and, um, you take advantage of whatever you can, even if it's just meeting with one believer that you know of nearby, even if you just got to meet once a month, uh, but meet up. It's kind of like take advantage of the Zooms. I know some of the Zooms are in hiatus at the moment, but take advantage of the opportunities that we do have while we have them. Amen. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knoweth God. He who loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Yeah. Final thoughts and encouragement to the believers, and uh, we'll give you a final word. Thanks, Marco. Yeah, it's uh, as Davey says, it was very encouraging, um, and I, I would just like to to sort of reach out to anyone who watches, because what we have found is that there are people who've been watching, catching up with Jacob, and that, um, and haven't actually, you know, spoken to us before or, or made contact with us. Um, so anyone from New Zealand who hasn't spoken to us and you'd like to get in touch, please email, call. Um, we're based in the Waikato. Um, our email address is very simple. It's morielnz at gmail.com. And um, you know, I'll throw out our, our phone number over there as well. It's 07838868. Um, feel free to give us a call. Um, we we will always take your call. Um, if we're out in a paddock busy with some animals and we, we're not available, 
there's a, a voicemail, just leave a voicemail. We'll call you back. Um, but yeah, I mean, we would love to, to catch up with you and, uh, you know, get to know about you um, and get you on the mailing list. Um, and also our, our regular sort of uh, emails when, you know, we're just looking to, to let people know of things that are happening. Uh, for Jacob, I, I would just say, you know, as we went around, everyone asked about you. Um, they miss you, yeah. Um, you are well loved here in New Zealand. Um, and I know that people would love to see you come down here and do some teaching again. So, I mean, you know, Lord willing, if that can go ahead, we would love it to happen. Um, but yeah, please just keep New Zealand in your prayers as we've got this new interim, well, not interim, but this new uh, uh, government that we've got. Um, yes. And, you know, the changes that are going to happen. Um, and, you know, let's pray that, uh, you know, the bad things that were put in place under the Adun government can be removed. Yes. Um, and, you know, that Christians can still maintain their rights um, for a lot longer. Um, but yeah, just really thank you for the opportunity to, to come and speak with you all and uh, just really um, any, anyone who needs to contact us or pray, please contact us. Yes. Thank you so much, Thanks, Pierre. Welcome. God bless you. Say hi to Marguerite. Say hi to uh, your family, your children, the believers there, uh, especially those whom we met and, and, and such a heart for them. And, and we love them so much. They're still in our hearts. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Hope Jacob gets out there uh, very, very soon. So thank you guys for staying up with us. Thank, thank you, you for those who are staying, uh, especially on the East Coast, United States and in the UK and in South Africa. Well, in the in New Zealand and Australia, good morning. It's Saturday morning. Enjoy your day. Live for Jesus. So those who are winding down, Jacob, rest. Rest in the Lord. you got a lot of work ahead. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week on Catching Up with Jacob.